And we are on air on Fanfare Racing Radio. And tonight, uh, Monday, June 13th, we are going to talk about Sonoma and Iowa and do our race reviews for NASCAR and ARCA in both of those uh, racetracks. Uh, at 10 o'clock, we will have our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off segment. And uh, I believe it's just Gay and I tonight, so that should be interesting. Uh, we're going to start off in the first half hour talking about uh, short track news from Racing America and Flow Racing. And then uh, at about uh, 22, we will start our review of the ARCA West race out at Sonoma. Uh, and then about 10 to the hour, we will talk about the Arkham Menard Series, Arca East, and the Sea Chief Showdown race that took place out at Iowa Speedway on Saturday night. So uh, a lot to get in there in our first half hour. At 9 o'clock, we do have some post-race audio from Daniel Suarez, driver of the number 99, Team Track House Racing Chevrolet. He's the winner at Sonoma Raceway in the NASCAR Cup Series, his very first career win at Sonoma Raceway on Sunday. Uh, Sal and I will give our our, uh, comments after we hear a few comments from uh, Daniel Suarez. And at about 9.15, we'll do our truck series at Sonoma Review. Uh, So 9.30, we get into some Xfinity Series updates. And about 9.45, we will do our Cup Series at Sonoma Review. And as I mentioned earlier, 10 o'clock is NASA Hot Topic Sounds Up with our Vampire Racing crew. But uh, joining me for our review part of the show is our co-host for tonight, and that is Sal Segal. Welcome to the show, Sal. Oh, good evening, Sharon. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Uh, let's go right into some short track racing news. Uh, there's a great article up there about how the Sonoma was a win for Trackhouse's foundation. Uh, as as we know, they are building at Trackhouse Racing. And uh, Ross Castine has two wins this season. Daniel Suarez just got his first win for Trackhouse Racing. And uh, it's a pretty good article there talking about Daniel Suarez and Travis, Travis Mack being the perfect complement for the 1919. Yes, it was, uh, I, I, I read something, something about that. I mean, but, but yeah, what Trackhouse is doing is really great. It's really awesome. I mean, I got, I got a chance to talk to, to a few media members over at, um, at the clash. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, well, well, you remember Manny Pavita? He was him and Josh yeah. Avila from uh, from um, from Auto Club Speedway were the ones that really pushed and helped Daniel get his start, you know, in in NASCAR all the way from the Mexico Series. So I mean, right. they're really a huge advocate for the. Um, we were talking about how Trackhouse, you know, snapped him up, you know, and, and what they're doing, Daniel. You know what? And Daniel's always been a good ambassador for the sport. You know, this team yeah. just did nothing, you know, picked up a bunch of brownie points by by bringing him along. Yes, they did. Uh, also, 
uh, this week. There is some midweek racing action at Thompson Speedway. Uh, their motorsports park out there uh, will race on Wednesday nights in the outlaw open modified. Uh, so if you're looking for some midweek racing, I would check out Thompson Speedway uh, the motorsports park. Okay, also, uh, the Super Southern Series at Montgomery, there's some video highlights of that race that took place over the weekend. And William Saulich claims his first super win also at Montgomery. So uh, some great uh, articles there. Another driver with a first win. Uh, so uh, these are sometimes the future stars of NASCAR. So uh, I would definitely check out those articles over at RacingAmerica.com. Yeah, that, that's that's a that's a really good series. That's uh, Southern Super Series. Um, Derek Thorne raced a few some years back for um, for Jet Motorsports in preparation for the Snowball Derby, and um, I think it's. I think they go five or six races for their championship. It's a it's a really short it's a really short um series, you know, championship series, you know, but um but uh uh what the drivers reap off of it is really is really huge, you know, for the drivers back east. Yes indeed. Uh also sounds Steve Appel scores a special victory at Slinger Speedway. Uh, the five-time track champion returned to Slinger Victory Lane in the Keith Marina race against Cancer 75. So uh, Slinger Speedway is in action, and uh, Steve Appel had a very special victory there. Yes, and, you know, keep that keep that that name in the back of your mind yes. um, next month when July comes around because everybody knows who's racing for Steve Appel. In the in the Slinger Nationals, Derek yes, Thorne is, yes, is, is his right. driver. Yes, so they they've been uh, picking up sponsorship for um you know for that race and it, and just just on a real quick note, the the sponsor on the hood is going to be actually the original sponsor when Derek used Derek used to live out in Wisconsin and I remember one time we had him on the show. And we gave three questions and asked, what did Derek do to continue racing out there? I remember, Sharon, he drove that cement truck. Mm. Uh, you you, you remember cool. we had it? I it was, didn't know it was Derek years was ago. originally from Wisconsin, though. No, he's from here, but he went back to go race in Wisconsin. Oh, he moved he back to Wisconsin to race. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and in order to continue racing week to week, he, because he has a he has a commercial license. Because he a lot of times he'll drive his own he'll drive the Campbell Motorsports hauler, you know, back and forth from like Bakersfield, you know, when he was doing the SRL series last year and all mm-hmm. the years before, he he would just drive the hauler himself. And um, but he moved to Wisconsin to go race, and when when money ran out, he got a job as a cement truck driver to uh to fund his to fund mm-hmm. keep him out there racing. So. So it's going to be kind of like a homecoming when he goes out there to Slinger because he's going to race with the original sponsor that had sponsored him way back um, 14 years ago, 13 years ago, somewhere around then. Well, okay. Um, 
Another name that I know fans have heard before is Buddy Colfoil. He's uh, raced a couple of uh, NASCAR Truck Series races where he's gone back-to-back. Buddy Colfoil is USAC Indiana Midget Week King again in 2022. So there's a great article about his victory this past weekend as well. Some of you will remember that name from the Camping World Truck Series. Uh, He's had a few races there. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, um, man, it, it's amazing when, you know, I finally got my page opened. You know, you oh, got to start okay. reading some stuff. Yeah, and, um, you know, you just, you know, you start reading about, you know, some of the things that are going on, you know, with the short tracks. You know, I know we had a small little discussion with Corey, not Corey, um, who's our guest last Chase week? Birdie. Chase Purdy. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, with Chase Purdy, you know, he kind of, um, you know, enlightened us, you know, a little bit on how important short track racing was in his, 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 in his own career. Mm-hmm. You know, that but. is so true. We're going to go ahead and move on now, Sal, over to the Arkham Menard Series West. Jake Drew doubles up on his road course wins and takes the checker flag at Sonoma Raceway. Uh, this past weekend in the General Tire 200. Um, and uh, last week he got, he was the 200th uh, different winner to win in the history of the Arkham and Art Series West. And uh, it still stands at 200 because he was also the race winner this weekend. He drives the number six Ford for Bob Brincotti Sunrise Ford Racing Operation. So, uh, he dominated most of the race, leading 48 to 56 laps in the fifth event of the Arkham and Art Series West season. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was. A, you know, the race was shortened by 14 yes. laps. Yes, because of uh, the practice session or qualifying session. I'm not sure which for the Cup Series. So they had yeah, to the uh, cups, kind of cut it eight laps to go. They cut it at eight laps to go. Yeah, and actually, no, that was the second Portland. race. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that, that's to say he 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 won a race a, a, a race shortened. Actually, he's back to back wins on shortened races. Yeah, Correct. shortened races, races that Correct. did run the full. And 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 I I think what I think what what Arthur should have done slash NASCAR. They're on the yellow. What they should have done just around one lap, and given everybody mm-hmm. a shot at that win instead of just instead of just saying. At the last minute, again, once again, they don't give nobody heads up. Okay, this is it. Race is over. You know what they should have yeah. done was ran. They had time to run one more lap, and I think they should have ran one more lap and gave all the drivers behind Jake a chance at, at you know at the victory, and not just and not just handling the victory like that. I, I mean, I'm I have nothing against Jake. I just think that the NASCAR could have handled this one a little bit different. Oh, okay. I think you're making up a good point. Uh, keep in mind, though, that Drew missed out on last season's West Series championship when he lost a tiebreaker to Jesse Levin, the final race of the year at Phoenix Raceway. He entered Saturday's race as the points leader, and right now he's got a 35-point advantage over second-place Todd Souza in the uh, series point standings. So uh, Drew has top five finishes in all five 
West Series races so far this season. Uh, Kobe Howard made his West Series debut this weekend. He finished in second place. Dale Quarterly finished in third, uh, and uh, uh, that was his best uh, West Series result since his second-place run at Irwindale Speedway in 2004. Jake Wood and Joey East runs out the top five. Austin Herzog, Eric Nascimento, uh, Todd Souza, Kim Spurgeon, and Bridget Burgess round out the top ten. So the West Series rookie Landon Lewis, who won his only previous series start earlier this season at Kern County Raceway in Bakersfield, was in position to battle before the race for, for the race win before he and Bill McAnally driver Cole Moore collided in the 11th turn on lap 51 to spark a crash, and uh, it brought out the race's last caution of the race. So uh, Moore's missing you know out what? on victory. Was... Go ahead. I know. You know what? And, and, and actually, if, if you go to Arkwinards, to their home, to their series page, they have a mm-hmm. video of that crash in turn 11. They have a small yeah. little clip you know, the wreck itself. And um, it's kind of funny because Cole caused the wreck and just happened to just cause a wreck, cause another wreck, but spun all completely around to where he was able to take off and get the finish that he had. Yeah, well, Moore ended up finishing in 12th place. Landon Lewis ended yeah. up in 14th place. Uh, there were seven cautions for 29 laps under yellow. Uh, and if fans miss the race, they can see the General Tire 200 at Sonoma on the USA Network on Thursday, June 16th, starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So you might want to mark your calendar for that. Uh, now, the West Series is going to take a few weeks off before they return to action again at Irwindale Speedway for the Napa Auto Parts 150 presented by the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame. The race is scheduled for 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, with live streaming available at Flow Racing. Do you want to cover the yeah, points here be, for the Arca West? Go ahead. Yeah, it's, real quick, it's going to be a good race at Orindale. I'm going to miss it. I'll be in San Francisco on vacation, but gosh, I wish I could be there to see it. Um, yeah, no Yeah, beauty. so anyways, <laughs> so, so getting to the points, we got um, – Jake Drew, uh, leading the points. Todd Souza second. Tanner Reif, who's uh, Jake's teammate at, at, uh, at Sunrise Racing, is in third. Cole Moore's in fourth. And Austin Herzog, who's driving the infamous number 16, that has won championships, I'm going to say, the last four or five years, with starting with Derek mm-hmm. Krause, Todd Gilliland, and um, Jesse Love. We're all, in, we're all in the number 16 car with championships. And then um, going to sixth place, we got Paul Petrosilli Jr. Uh, seventh is Joey East. Eighth is Takuma Koga, who's gosh, I, I'm not sure. Sharon, this might be like his 15th year in this in the oh, in the oh, series. So and, 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 yeah, you know, and, and he flies out every race from Japan to race in this mm-hmm. series. And then he 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 flies back on Sunday morning to get just so he can be back to work by Monday. And then ninth is Bridget mm-hmm. Burgess, and tenth is Paul Petroselli, um, senior, which is Paul Petroselli Jr.'s father. 
Right. And um, uh, that's your top ten. Uh, and uh, all, all of those drivers have raced all five races so far this season. Yes. And and, and, and actually, like uh, like when you look at Paul Petroselli, you know, he's only finished eight laps. Um, Paul's, Paul is basically a, a start and park driver. You know, he starts and then and he comes in and, you know, parks. He, it's, it's, to help, it's to help the series with the car count, you know, keep the car count up and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and things like that. So, um, and so right now we're looking at Tanner Rice is leading the rookie, rookie of the year, because I was looking up and down and seeing as Tanner Rife, Austin Herzog, and Joey East are the um, rookies this year. And uh, so far, Tanner Rife in third place is leading the rookie of the year. And if you go back yeah. to Bob, Bob Rucati and his um, stable at Sunrise Racing, it's not Sunrise Ford Racing anymore, not Sunrise Racing. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob has, uh, Bob has a whole slew of rookie of the year, um, of drivers who have won rookie oh. of the year in the series for him. Yeah. And then of oh, course he has this, he's got, yeah. And then plus he's got his, um, his, his championship drivers, but, um, mm-hmm. anyways, that's his little note. So we got, so we got Tanner Rife is, is ahead of, uh, Austin Herzog this year for the, right now for the, uh, for rookie of the year. Oh, okay. That's fantastic. Sal. Uh, and uh, we appreciate your insight on that. Okay, now we're going to go back, and we're going to talk now about the another ARCA race that took place this weekend, the ARCA Menard Series, the ARCA East, and the Sioux Sheep Showdown all gained points uh, this weekend at uh, Iowa Speedway, and the winner of that race was Brandon Jones. He won the last time out. Uh, in, uh, uh, I'm trying to think where they were. He won at Iowa Speedway. He also won at Charlotte Motor Speedway uh, when they raced there. So uh, two races, two wins for Brandon Jones as he goes back-to-back in the Arkham and Art Series with another win out at Iowa Speedway. Uh, there was a weather delay, though, before the race could start, uh, and he also had to battle through a handful of challenges from Sammy Smith and Jesse Love, but uh, ultimately nothing was going to stop the 25-year-old from winning Saturday night's Calypso Lemonade 150 out of Iowa Speedway. Uh, Jones, we know, is a uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series regular. Uh, he used a long run at the end of the 150-lap race on the 0.875-mile paved oval to overtake Smith and cruised to victory in a fashion that was similar to his Arcus Menard Series win at Charlotte Motor Speedway uh, two weeks ago. So uh, that gives him two races and two wins in the Arca Menard Series. Uh, racing in the Arca Menard Series with the Xfinity Series on an off week, Jones took the lead from Kyle Busch Motorsports driver Sammy Smith with 18 laps to go and never looked back. So uh, it was a big win for Brandon Sharon, Jones. Yeah. Was 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 this the East race or the regular Arkham Menard race? It was a combination race, Sal. The Arkham Menard series okay. and the Arkham East and the Sioux Chief Showdown all had points in this one race. 
Oh, okay. Because what? Because when I was looking at the, at the, you know, at the, at the, um, at that at, at the event, you know, the, you know, all the the recap, and it's funny mm-hmm. because if you go to Arca Bernard's, it doesn't show, but if you go to Arca East, then it shows it shows all the, um, oh. you know, it shows the uh, the clips. So that's how I was, try- I was trying to find it real quick, and I couldn't find it. And then and then I went to Arca East, and then it, it's crazy how it popped up. <laughs> yeah, it was a combination race. Uh, so okay. for Sammy Smith, although he did not win the race, he did collect some valuable points in that series to extend his championship lead over Taylor Gray, who finished 18th after retiring from the race early because he had mechanical issues. Uh, Sammy Smith, as we know, is the defending East Series champion. Love qualified on the general tire pole for the race, uh, showed a lot of race-winning speed before he stumbled to the pits with an issue in the closing lap. He ended up finishing 13th. Uh, Love's issue actually opened the door, for though, for Connor Mosack to score a third-place finish, a new career high in the Arkham Menard Series uh, competition. Jonathan Schaefer and Connor Jones completed the top five. Then it was Leland Honeyman, uh, Nick Sanchez, Greg Van Alt. Ron Vandermeer Jr. and Amber Balkan rounding out the top ten. Roger Carruth entered the Iowa race as the NASCAR Series championship points leader. He was dealt a tire issue early in the race and lost a couple of laps, but he did end up still finishing in 12th place. Daniel Dye, who entered the race third in points, had an engine failure after 88 laps and is credited with a 17th place finish. So uh, anyway, they they pushed the race back. The green flag fell at 11 p.m. Central uh, at 12 a.m. 12:05 a.m. Eastern. Uh, the next race for the Arkham Art Series is June 18th at uh, Marnie, Michigan, uh, which is, uh, I believe, Berlin Speedway. Uh, the race is scheduled to start at 8 p.m. Eastern and will be shown live on MAV TV as well as Flow Racing. So uh, quite an event there uh, for the Arkham Art Series and East out at, uh, out at uh, Iowa Speedway. Yeah, so it was a it was a lot a lot of racing, a lot of waiting, and a lot of racing, and a lot of waiting, and a lot of racing. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, do you want to cover the points for the Arca Menard series and then the East? Yes. Okay. So then, the Arca Menards. Let's see. It shows Nick Sanchez and Roger Carruth in first and second. In the Arkham Menards. Yeah, Roger had that bad race. He had an engine issue or something, uh, so he yeah. had to. He lost some points there, so they're tied now. Yeah, actually, yeah, actually, you're right. They are tied. And then Dad Daniel dies in third. Tony um, uh, Bradinger is in fourth. Albert Balkin is fifth. Uh, sixth is Greg Van Alst. Seventh is Zachary Tinkle. Eighth is Brad Smith. Dyke is Corey Hine, and 10th is Connor Mosek. This is for the um, Arca Menards. And then yeah. for the, um, for the uh, Arca East is Sammy Smith, still up in first. 
Uh, Taylor Gray in second. Uh, Leyland Honeyman is in third. Christian Rose is up in fourth. And the, rounding out the top five is Stephanie Moyer. And then from there, then we go sixth is uh, Brad Smith. Seventh is Jake Finch. <laughs> Eighth is Donald the Gosh, Sharon, man, I don't know. How, I don't know how you could. Huh? It's Thiefke. 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 I know every every time we get to this name, man, you goes before loop. A ninth <laughs> is Daniel Escado, and tenth is Willie Mullins. Okay. And then actually, Su- Daniel and then Escado Suchi. and Willie Mullins are tied. Yeah. Then uh, Suchi, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I looked this morning, they did not have a for the Suchi showdown. Uh, so we'll they're, they're up now. Race. Okay, they're up no, now. No, no, they're up That's now. Good. Yeah, they're, they're, okay. up, they're, they're up now after Iowa. So then the uh, – so we got Sammy Smith leading the points. He's got eight, eight, 83 points in the Sioux Chief. Connor Mosack is second with 75. Third is Nick Sanchez, one behind Connor at 74. Roger Caruth is fourth at 72. And Taylor Gray rounds out the top five. With uh, sixty-nine, and it's a three-way tie there. Yeah, between Taylor Gray, Daniel Dye, and Jesse Love, were all tied for uh, for fifth place. And then from there, then then we go down to eighth place, which is uh, uh, Tony uh, Brenninger with uh, sixty-two. Alex Club is uh, ninth of fifty-one, and um, holding up the tenth spot is Al- Albert is Albert Amber Balkin. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Forty-eight points separating. Uh, well, that's not true. It's uh, thirty-five. Twenty thirty-five points separating top yeah, and bottom. Yeah, thirty-five. <clears throat> yeah, thirty-five mm-hmm. points. The next race, uh, Berlin Speedway is the next Chief Showdown race. And it sounded like that's where the Arkham Art Series is going next in a couple of weeks. So uh, we'll get the third race in here for the Chief Showdown fairly quickly. Yeah, and actually we just had a, a couple weeks ago, you just, during the short track version, you talked about the Battle of Berlin, that um, mm. at Berlin Raceway for the, and that was that was one of the SRL um one of the SRL Southwest Tour, um, that was one of the national races, and William Byron picked up the win in that race. Yes, I so saw the, so that, the, yeah. Yeah, so the ARCA is coming back. The ARCA is coming to Berlin Raceway. So Berlin has seen a lot of action this season. I know for a while it didn't look like Berlin was going to have much racing because of the issue that they're having with the tires right now at Hoosier. But mm-hmm. it looks like Berlin got some of, some of those issues worked out, so... Um, okay. Yeah, and actually, and actually, Derek was supposed to run one of the Berlin races. He he pulled out, and he's going to mm. run the summer showdown at at Evergreen Speedway this summer instead of the. Oh, okay. He was supposed to run the battle. He was supposed to run the battle, the battle of Berlin, and ended up um, uh, ended up with the um, taking that off the schedule and doing the doing the one out here in um, up here in uh, Washington. Evergreen. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, so we talked about that Berlin race coming up this weekend at Berlin Raceway. Uh, That will include the third race of the uh, Sioux Chief Showdown. 
the Arca East next race isn't until August. That's a long break for the Arca East. Uh, their next race is at the Milwaukee Mile at 2 p.m. Central. That's 3 p.m. Eastern uh, at the Milwaukee Mile. This record 150, and that will be televised on MAV TV. And for the West, as we mentioned earlier, their next race July 2nd. 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern at Irwindale Speedway. That will be live-streamed on Flow Racing, the Napa Auto Parts 150, presented by the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame. So uh, there you have all the upcoming races uh, for the Arkham Menard Series. That was a lot. Every series of the Arkham Menard Series was on was uh, in a point paint race this weekend. Yes. It was, and it was a, uh, it was a lot of. Uh, that's why they're taking the break. <laughs> that's why they're taking the break. You're right. That's why okay. they're taking the break. They said, you know what? It's time we take the break. Yeah, but uh, Arkham and Art Series is going to be at Berlin this weekend in Marnie, Michigan. So uh, they're going to be back in action this weekend. Okay, uh, we are at the top of the hour, Sal, and. Uh, we had a first-time winner in the NASCAR Cup Series this week, and it was Daniel Suarez. Uh, Daniel Suarez won his very first race in the Arc in the uh, Cup Series. And uh, give me a second here, and I'll give you an idea of what um, what's coming up here. Uh, they they uh, asked him to take him through what went through your mind when you crossed the finish line on the last one and became the first driver from Mexico to win in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, and then uh, what was your mindset knowing you had pretty much control of this race, hoping there were no cautions? And uh, Justin and Travis were talking about your confidence. They never doubted you would be here. They felt like you never doubted it. What kept you confident? So those are some of the questions that are going to be asked here of Daniel Suarez. Uh, we'll play about seven to eight minutes, and then Sal and I will have comments and uh, respond to uh, Daniel Suarez's uh, commentary. Here we go. All right, everyone. We are now joined by today's winner of the Toyota State Mark 350, Daniel Suarez, driver of the number 99 track house Chevrolet. Daniel, uh, just take us through what went through your mind when you crossed the finish line on the last lap and became the first driver from Mexico to win in the NASCAR Cup Series. I just didn't know what to do, you know. Um, it was a special. Uh, man, I, and I, I've, been, I've, been waiting, I've been working very hard for this moment, um, not just myself, but my entire team. Uh, you know, I have, I'm very, very lucky to have a great people around me in my team, but also outside the team, you know, my family always supporting me, uh, my beautiful girlfriend, Julia, that that, uh, that she worked very hard in the last few months, uh, keeping me up and, and letting me know that I was doing the right things, which need to, to to have a clean day, and, uh, and that's what we had today, so today is felt special. Uh, I told her this morning that, uh, that today felt good, and uh, we did it uh, in front of a few hundreds. Uh, Mexicans in Dallas Amigos, so it was it was a special day. You know, I have always seen California as, as my second home, and, uh, and to be able to get the first victory here is quite special. 
Awesome. Okay. If you have a question for Daniel, please raise your hand. We're going to start here in the front, Louise, and then we'll go in the back to Justin and Jerry. Please start the podium finish. I'll just go with the English portion of my question. During the last number of lessons, we basically had a hungry pack of boards like Busher, McDowell, Harvick. And as the last went down, what was the mindset going into knowing that you had pretty much control of this race and hoping that there were no cautions? I mean, honestly, I, I just didn't care who was behind me. I was just trying to do my race and trying to control what I can control. I knew that Busher was very strong uh, in the short run. Probably uh, a little bit better than me. Uh, but in the middle part of the run, I was better than him. And in the long run, I felt like I was, uh, uh, I was better than him. Uh, and I was able to, to play out pretty good right there at the end. I knew that if I could stay up front for the first five to seven laps, I was going to be able to control the race. Uh, obviously, you know, the last ten, five laps, I was just trying to, to kill my tire just in case we had to have a reset because we had a reset at that point. I knew we were not going to come from tires. It was going to be a track position race. So uh, I was trying to save a little bit, even though that my car was already a little tired at the time, but everyone else was tired as well. So it worked out great. Uh, it, was, it was good. It was my, my team, my crew chief, everyone did what they had to do, the call, the pit stops, everything uh, worked out the, the where they were supposed to and uh, were able to uh, maximize uh, the potential for them. Okay, we're actually going to go back to Bob and then Jerry. Bob Packers, Bob Sports, everybody talking. Every, the other, uh, Justin, Travis, we were talking about the confidence that they never doubted that you would be here, that they felt like you never doubted you would be sitting there as a winner. What kept you confident? You know, Bob, I just uh, just taught me a lot to get to this point. A lot of people know that, but but they have taught me a lot to get to, to this country first, ten years ago, and uh, to get to this point, uh, fighting. I came, I came, I come from a very humble family, and uh, and I have every every step of my life has cost me a lot, and uh, and I knew that. That, uh, that it's important to remember that if I was able to come all the way here, uh, I wasn't going to give up here. You know, I, my confidence was high. But obviously, you know, knowing that you haven't won yet, there is a little bit of doubt. But, uh, but I knew that I was fast. I knew that I could race with them, with the, with the, with the guys that are winning. But I haven't showed that first victory. So I told my team, you know, the last five weeks we have had – very fast race cars, but, but things happen. You know, the jack broke last week, a few weeks ago, the gun broke. Uh, in Charlotte, we were the fastest car, and, and, and we were missing something on pre-roll every single time. So, you know, uh, it was hard to, to stay on track, but at the end, my team, everyone stayed together, and we keep pushing. I told them that, uh, that bad luck doesn't last forever. And tough people do. And uh, we keep working very hard. We kept working very hard, and, and you were. Jerry Jordan taking the tire spot. Matt, double. Um, you said on Thursday you felt good about this weekend. What was it coming in here uh, when we, we talked at the uh, press event with NASCAR about, you know, why you felt so good and, and what was going through your head throughout the, the weekend? You know, I I grew up racing pokers, uh, road course stuff. I never raced big cars in road crews, but I raced cars a lot all over the world. 
and uh, and road course for me is fun. You know, it's uh, it's something different. It's something that we don't do every day. And uh, and in, in years past, I've been always strong, but never very strong. And in Kota, it's so special. In Kota, uh, we're the car to beat. We're the best car. Uh, unfortunately, my car had issues. And, uh, and I mentioned in the race in the middle of the race. If I can win the race, I want my teammate to win the race. And, uh, and I felt that probably he was a good second, uh, second best car. Uh, and he was able to win the race. And, uh, and I was able to, to dominate the first stage uh, with, uh, with a car that was a rocket. We came here with a, with the, with the, with the confidence that it's another road course. Uh, we had a good car, but we didn't have the best car today. Uh, I felt like we were able to make the right calls, maximize what we got, and, uh, and the result shows for that. And one more final for me. What was going through your mind when you came around the final turn here, shooting, taking that, that, that straight shot at the checkered flag, and once you crossed it, what did you think? I was asking for my piñata. Uh, I was saying, <laughs> bring that, that piñata with me because I want to break it. Uh, it's all right, man. It's, it's, uh, it's been a long journey. Uh, a lot of sacrifices, a lot of hard work to finally be able to get the first one. And I have told this to many people. The first one always costs a lot. But once you get the first one, <laughs> be ready because we're going to get some more. Uh, there we have it with uh, Daniel Suarez. Your thoughts about his comments and a lot of talk about his confidence. Yeah, you know, he's he's like, you know, like I said earlier, you know what, he you know, he's been around for a long time. A lot of, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of fans don't realize how long he's been around, you know. And um, he's always been real competitive. Always been a really super great ambassador, not only for the sport, but for his hometown, you know. And you know, he doesn't, he doesn't play the race card like a lot of. I'm, I shouldn't even go go there, but he doesn't use the his race as a reason to be racing. In this series, mm-hmm. you know what? He's genuine. You know, he puts his work in. You know what? And um, you know, and he and he. And this is the first. I mean, he talks about Mexico, but I mean, not as much as <clears throat> some other people who talk about their races. But either way, you know, and and he's just proud of who he is. He's just he's just so happy to have this opportunity, you know. And and win or lose, when you go down, you know, you you see him with the same with the same um, attitude, you know, and, and it's great to see, you know, all the writers, you know, that were there, all the media, you know, ask him a lot of questions, you know, the different questions they asked him, you know, to find out mm-hmm. because we hardly ever get to see Daniel except for when he won the, the nationwide championship, you know, of course, when he got all the questions, but now that he's in cup, you know, it's kind of hard because he's not with one of the mega super teams, you know, he doesn't really get the podium finishes, but, you know, with this win, you know, it just really, it, it was just, it, it was a, it was a huge win for NASCAR as a, as a sport. It was. And, you know, the other thing that I really liked is so many drivers gave him <clears throat> congratulations, either on the track or coming into victory lane and congratulating him. Uh, the, everybody was happy about Daniel Suarez getting that first win. Uh, so it, it was a, definitely a popular victory. And I love the Amigos. Uh, they said just about every lap, uh, Daniel's Amigos were standing on their feet and cheering for him. 
throughout the entire race. So I was happy for them as well uh, to be able to be there and to see their driver get that very first victory. You know, Sharon, I, I got to go back to look through some photos, but I have photos of the Beagles. <clears throat> I have them over here at Auto Club Speedway when they were here, um, right before the the race before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I got a picture with the Amigos, and then uh, then we got a picture with Daniel and and all his Amigos that were there, and it's it's neat because even at the clash, they were there, and I and I think I have a single picture of of, of one of some of them that were there, you know, over here at the clash over here in, in L.A., but they brought their Sonates, you know, which is the blanket, the color blanket, you know, they had it wrapped around them, you know, they had the Daniel Suarez. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was just, it, it, it's just neat to see that these people put up their own money to follow him from race to race to race. And uh, I mean, They just, do, because they were at Chicagoland Speedway, too. I mean, I, any track you go to, you're going to see Daniel's Amigos there. Uh, so he's got a traveling fan group, uh, fan group at every racetrack. Um, but I was also impressed with the confidence that they talked about it, Daniel, uh, how hard it was for him to leave his home. And, uh, you know, he put up a lot of his own money to be where he is and to get to where he is. And to see that finally pay off is, is just fantastic. But he had that confidence and, and, the whole way. Yes, you know what? And, and, and I remember one of the biggest things that Daniel went through when I, when I talked to him. The first time I talked to Daniel was at Phoenix when he went when they had when they ran the Mexico series right after they ran the the um, when it was known as the NASCAR Canon West series and they ran the Mexico series and Daniel of course was a star there but I remember Daniel's biggest thing was communicating with the media because Daniel didn't know any English it was all Spanish mm-hmm. so and as you could tell he you know he still has a broken English so it's a heck of a lot better. But I remember back then, you you know, we were talking to him in Spanish, you know, and then we tried, you know, then we tried to talk to him, you know, you know, because, you know, they were working on his English, and he was saying, um, you know, uh, you know, um, talk to him in English, because he wants to hear English, so don't talk to him in Spanish. Exactly. So you had to talk, well, I remember had to him talk real being slow. On our, I remember him being in our show, and he says, I hope you can understand me, and I thought he did great then. <clears throat> Uh, but he was telling us that he learns a lot of his uh, English from watching television and uh, picking up the English from, from uh, American TV uh, and how that really helped him. But he's a lot better uh, than he was when we had him on the show uh, when he was racing the Canon Pro Series. Yeah, that's right, because Manny had got him on the show. Remember, Manny Povita's one that got him. I talked to Manny. Manny's mm-hmm. one that I think it was Manny who brought him on the show. But you know, it would be a good question for if 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 he didn't ever get a chance to interview him, ask him, Daniel, what show was it you watched to help you learn English? I'm curious <laughs> what show it was. I mean, was yeah, it the Brady Bunch? Was it um, Rifleman? Or you I know, don't it, know. <laughs> you just don't know what show it is. I mean, you know, because we got so many shows. You know, did he just watch the news? You know, and just listen Maybe. to you know what they're saying. You know, but um, he just said he would turn on the TV and watch TV, and that's how he picked it up. Um, and you know, if you put on the uh, closed captioning, you can see the words that are being said. 
So uh, yeah, I, I I just uh, I'm just real happy for Daniel Suarez and, and the job that he's doing uh, in the uh, Cup Series. Uh, he went through you know the thing with Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, he went up to Cup kind of unexpectedly when uh, Carl Edwards resigned. And uh, that put Daniel Suarez up into Cup. I thought it was too soon for him to go to Cup, but and he struggled a little bit. But I'll tell you what, he has really paid his dues, and it is paying off now. Yes, you know, and and you know, like you said, you hit the nail on the head where you said he paid his dues. You know, he just mm-hmm. he just didn't come into nationwide you know because he was hispanic you know somebody said okay you know mm-hmm. let's you know you know let, let's uh you know let's you know we need a hispanic in nascar so let's run with him you know he mm-hmm. started in late models in the mexico series he started way back racing you know oh, man who mm-hmm. knows what those tracks were like racing in mexico well, he, they probably couldn't have, he's I, a mexico no, series I, champion self yeah but what I'm saying is that when he first started racing, I know he didn't race on tracks like we have out here, you know. Uh, probably mm-hmm. they, you know, they had to go every morning and move all the rocks, you know, and, you know, and <laughs> I mean, they're probably unsafe, you know, and, and you know, it's probably a heck of a, probably a heck of a journey for him, you know, just to get to the track. Because I've been out there, you know, and those roads are, those roads are no joke, but. You know, but he um, he worked his way up. You know what? He raced where he had to race. You yep. know what? He got the seat time. He got the experience. He he was top by, you know, some of the drivers. Uh, we've got to keep an eye we're, on that. We're out of time. time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're out of time. we got to keep our eye on that. So we're going to go ahead. We'll come back to Daniel Suarez at about 945. But uh, right now, we're going to get into the DoorDash 250 for the NASCAR Truck Series. Kyle Busch, his last chance to win a race in the Truck Series this year, and he did it at age 37 uh, in the number 51 Yahoo Toyota uh, for Kyle Busch Motorsports with crew chief Marty Lindley on top of the pit box. It was his 62nd victory and 165. NASCAR Camping World Truck Series races, uh, that gives him a percent win percentage of 37.5%. This was his first victory in fifth top 10 finish this year. The 2022 season is the 10th straight year that Kyle Busch has won at least one race in the series. Uh, it was his first victory and first top 10 finish in the series track debut at Sonoma Raceway. Zane Smith posted his first top 10 finish uh, with finishing in second uh, and it was also his track debut at Sonoma Raceway it was his 10th top 10 finish this season Tyden Jespi finished third posting his first top 10 finish in the series track debut also at Sonoma Raceway Jack Wood who finished 16th was the highest finishing rookie and three manufacturers have won in the Camping World Truck Series at Sonoma Raceway, led by Ford with three wins, followed by Toyota and Chevrolet, who both have one win. Uh, this is Cowbush Motorsports' first Camping World Truck Series win at Sonoma Raceway. Uh, so it was his first truck race, of the first uh, truck series win. Uh, in the final start of this year 
at Sonoma Raceway. Cowboy shelled off Sam Smith in a frantic two-lap push to the finish at Sonoma to earn his first Camping World Truck Series victory of the year, uh, extending his record to 62 wins and uh, at least one win for consecutive years. Um, Green-white checkered finish, Kyle Busch won the DoorDash 250 in the Truck Series. Uh, the win is Busch's uh, first uh, he's won in seventeen different seasons in the series. Uh, the number thirty-eight of Zane Smith finished runner-up. Uh, he was also the stage one winner. Uh, Time Majeski finished third. Ross Chastain led nineteen laps and Rocky's fourth place finish. Chandler Smith rounded out the top five. Carson Hosevar is credited with the sixth place finish, but it was Daniel Suarez climbing aboard the Nice Motorsport Chevrolet on lap 11. Uh, Parker Kligerman, John Hunter Nemechek, Tyler Ankrum, and Matt Benedetto make up the rest of the top 10. Majeski won the aforementioned first stage, while Ben Rhodes picked up the eighth stage win of the season in the second stage. There were 10 lead changes among five drivers, six cautions for 17 yellow flag laps. And the average speed of the race was 68.617. Your thoughts about those top 10 finishers, Sal? Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an awesome race. You know, it was a great race. Um, it was just neat to see the the trucks back at um, back at Sonoma again. And just mm-hmm. as a quick a quick little side note, um, back when when Kyle Busch broke both his legs at, at um, Gosh, I think it was at Daytona. Was it back in 2019 or 2020, sometime back in there? Kyle Busch came back that year in in the Cup Series, and his first win back was at actually was at Sonoma in the in the Cup car. That was was his his first his first win back. So, um, you know, he Kyle's no stranger to winning, you know, at, at Sonoma, and of course we know Kyle is no stranger to winning that in the Truck Series, anyways, to begin with. He yeah, at any at any track. So we well, he's, he's won at every track. Yeah, he has he's, an amazing stats uh, resume. Yeah, but but the Zane Smith, you know, that second place man, you know, Ty Majeski. Ty's not a Ty's not known as a road course racer. Ty's known as a as a as an oval course, Short-track. you know, as an oval course mm-hmm. as a short as a short track as an oval racer, you know, and and to you know finish third and Zane Smith in second. You know, then Ross Chastain mm-hmm. to bounce back after what he went through last week in the Cup Series, you know, being down on himself, you know, to to mm-hmm. pick up that fourth place. You know, and then, of course, you know, you got to give Carson Hotsovar, you know, his props, you know, for, you know, he's still injured, you know, to get a sixth place. Um, you talk to the drivers, and, you know, it, it's hard banging those gears, you know, up on the clutch. And, well, most of them speed shift anyways. They don't use the clutch, but still, you know, getting around the track, you know, all the shifting, braking, and everything they do. And, um I'll, I'll tell you that it was, uh, you know, there was some some good racing, but once again, Kyle Busch just, you know, gosh, I mean, watch this guy because he's just, I mean, mm-hmm. in, in our era he's right amazing. now, in our, he's amazing in our era. I mean, and you know, you just can't. Yeah. I mean, last uh, the race of the of season. History? Yeah. Well, the last race for was, him of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then, and then to get the win to keep the streak going. 
So, you yep. know, he had a lot of pressure on his shoulders, you know, with that. But um, I, I just – I take my hat off to time as yes, you know, for this being his first season, you know, and to come out and, and do that at a road course, you know, it's really, Absolutely. really um, something. The margin of victory was 1.176 seconds. Uh, and uh, uh, there were some people who were, were caught up in accidents or had mechanical issues. Stefan Parsons had an oil cooler incident, uh, transmission issues for Jade Buford and Matt Crafton. Uh, people caught up in accidents include Alex Bowman, Josh Balicki, Stuart Friesen, Haley Deegan, and Christian Eckes all uh, ended their day early because of accidents on the track. So uh, not a good day for those folks. No, it, it, it wasn't. But, you know, that's part of racing. That's part of road course racing. You know what? And, uh, you know, I just feel bad for Matt Crafton, you know, with the transmission issue. You know, I, you know he's, gosh, yeah. he's just when he, just when he's looking, you know, like he's going to start making, you know, huge moves and get and grab that win, you know, then, you know, something like this happens. But. I mean, hey, he knows it's all part of racing, and you know what? Now he goes on; they go back to their um, normal, you know, oval track. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, with that. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the points in the truck series. Okay, the points. We got Ben Rose still leading the points. Um, Chandler Smith um, sitting in second. Zane Smith sitting in third. Um, John Hunter Nemechek in fourth. And uh, Ty Majeski moves up into the fifth spot in front of uh, Stuart Friesen by two points, who's in sixth place. Seventh is Christian Eckes. Eighth is Carson Hosovar. Uh Ninth is Grant Enfinger and Matt Crafton dropped down to, to the actually to the bubble spot. Um, to the bubble spot in tenth, with uh, Tanner Gray only. Um, 32 points. Parts Tanner Bobby. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, actually, a little more than that. He's, uh, 33. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's 33 points back, yeah. One, one, one point. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's curious to see what's going to happen with Corey Heim. You know, he's got two wins. You know, yeah, if, I think if he finishes out this, time this season, yeah, he's only that's raced saying, six you know, of the I mean, twelve races. Yeah, you so race I, I don't, time I don't, to be in the playoffs. Oh, you have to race full time. They they don't give you a a break on the starts. I don't think so. I think you got to be a full time racer. Okay, and then uh. Zay Smith's just still leading with the playoff points with 20, five stage wins. Um, and then uh, Ben Rhodes has 13, 13 playoff points with uh, with eight, eight uh, stage wins. And then you got um, John Hunter Nemechek with uh, eight playoff points at three stage wins. Gosh, you know what? It, it's amazing to see where – I mean, yeah, John Hunter Nemechek does have the one win sitting fourth, but for the season he had last year, you know, we – I'm sure everybody expected mm-hmm. to see, you know, a lot more from, especially with driving, you know, out of the Cowboys um, motorsports stable. But, you know, he's still holding yeah. in there, you know what, and, you know, and, you know, you look at the championship, you know, you got the win, you're in. Nobody knows what he's 
you know, what they're looking at now, you know, for the rest of the season, you know, if they're just trying to get, you know, you know, Is keep them ready for the below the top yeah. 10 uh, <clears throat> that's in the top 20, from top 10 to top 20, that you think could possibly win for this season? You know what? It, it's tough. I mean, we've seen Tyler Akram win before. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's he he might be one that could probably that could possibly get in. Other than that, you know, I don't. I mean, unless, and I shouldn't say it, unless hell freezes over, anybody below. <laughs> Below Tyler Akram just doesn't have a shot. I mean, Timmy Hill, eh, I don't know, but I mean, you, you know, you look at like Colby Howard, you know, who's, who, you know, was having a, you know, a good season, but you know, then you go down to Law, Allen, Jack Wood, Dean Thompson, Haley Deegan, Spencer those Boyd, guys Chris are Wright. Below top twenty, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they you know, I just. 20. Yeah, the only one I, I could honestly say would probably be. It would probably be Tyler Ingram, if anything. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, they've got 12 racers in, and, uh, you know, these guys are very conscious of where they are in those point standings, and uh, they'll continue to keep an eye on that as uh, the season progresses. Next up for the truck series, though, uh, the next race in the Camping World Truck Series is, hold on here, I've got it here. Um, the next race is the Clean Harbors 150, presented by Premier Chevy Dealers at Knoxville Raceway. Uh, that's going to be this Saturday, June the 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern, and it's uh, 8 p.m. Central. They'll have practice on Friday and uh, qualifying heats on Saturday. Uh, so the, the practice will not be on TV, but the qualifying heats will be televised on Fox Sports 1 starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, that's going to be another fun race. It's a dirt race. Uh, in, I was just going to say, for all you dry, for all you fans who don't know what Knoxville means, um, do some research and go mm-hmm. back and look at Knoxville. Look at the Knoxville Nationals. They get over mm-hmm. five hundred, over five hundred um, midgets sprints over there for a whole week of dirt mm-hmm. racing. So, uh, you know. Um, when you go when you when you look at who your regulars are, there's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, the entry list is going to be put it this way the entry list is going to be really it's going to be really um, a who's who on dirt. Yes, it is. And actually, <laughs> and you know what? And actually, they have it out, so you're going to be you're going to see like okay, Kaz Grala who's not really a dirt racer, but. Um, let me see. Let me just pick one oh, out of here real quick before we move on. on. Uh, oh yeah, Je- Jessica Friesen is, is going to be racing. Yep. Stuart Friesen's um, Stuart Friesen's um, wife, Joey Gates. Yep. Yeah, Br- Bryson Great Mitchell. Um, Grant Grant Infinger. 
Yep. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot, oh yeah, plus there's a lot of, oh, yep. Norm Benning. Yeah, Norm Benning's going to be there. There's yeah. a few uh, that have not yet been announced as well. Uh, so yeah. I would watch those uh, trucks very closely because uh, they'll be announcing Buddy Corpoid. We just talked about him. He's racing for Kyle Busch Motorsports in that number 51 out at Knoxville this weekend. I keep my eye on Buddy Coldplay this weekend. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, there's, like Sharon said, you know, there's like one, two, three, four, five, probably six that that are to be announced. So, um, you know know what, I'm I'm sure we we might see a – you know, you know we're gonna we're gonna see. Uh, oh yeah, definitely gonna see some others in there. Some some uh, we're gonna see some dirt guys in there. So it's gonna be. Uh, okay, we gotta move on, Shell. So Myerly Pick is gonna be. Um, Myerly Pick is uh, Stuart Friesen. Okay. Uh, that's a good pick. Uh, Austin Wayne Self and Jennifer Self had uh, a daughter uh, born prior to Saturday's Camping World Truck Series race at Sonoma. So uh, congratulations to the Self family. Okay, so okay. nice there, we're to the car. We're going to move on now to the Xfinity Series. Uh, they did not race this past weekend. Uh, they're on a break. However, they will be racing. They'll be on break again at this weekend. Their next race isn't until the Tennessee Lottery 250 at Nashville Super Speedway on Saturday, June the 25th, and that will be televised on USA Network. They'll have qualifying on Saturday at 11.30 a.m. to 12.20 a.m. Uh, and practice on Friday, June 24th, from 435 to 525. Uh, so uh, you'll want to stay tuned for the Xfinity Series. They are not racing again this Father's Day weekend. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, Andy Lally is going to run four road course races for SS Greenlight Racing, uh, beginning with Road America on July the 2nd. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Uh, those drivers are going to learn a lot from Andy Lally. Yeah, it's, it's, we're getting ready for some... Uh, getting ready for some, uh, for some big racing here coming up here this next... Uh, actually, we're already in the summer. I was going to say getting ready for the summer, but shoot, we're already in the summer. Gosh. We're in summer. Here's going also, by. Sammy Smith, yeah. we just talked about him in the Arkham Menard Series. He's going to race eight Xfinity Series races for Joe Gibbs Racing behind the wheel of the number 18 Toyota GR Supra this year. Uh, that starts at Road America on July 2nd. Uh, he'll make his Xfinity Series debut uh, at that track, and he'll race seven other Xfinity Series races uh, behind the wheel of that number 18. Uh, also at Pocono on July 23rd, Michigan on August 6th, Watkins Glen on August 20th, Kansas on September 10th, Bristol on September 16th, and Martinsville 
on October the 29th, as well as the season finale on November 5th. So watch for Sammy Smith to be racing with Joe Gibbs Racing in that number 18 uh, Toyota uh, in those races. That's going to be fun to see. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we we got some some good racing coming up, and then uh, actually, then this weekend we also have our um, SRL race that will be showing on uh, Spears Network at um, Kern at Kern County Raceway. Oh. Spears SRL Southwest Tour. We got the they're running modifieds, prolates, and the Super Date models. Very cool. Uh, after uh, Gateway, WWT Raceway, there were some penalties announced. However, NASCAR officials reinstated Carson there on Tuesday, ending his suspension as part of a behavioral penalty, penalty that was issued last October. Competition officials indicated Ware had successfully completed the terms and conditions mandated for reinstatement. And this decision restores his NASCAR membership privileges. Also, in the week's penalty report, they penalized the 13 Thorsport Racing Team for a single unsecured lug nut on post-race. Uh, and Carl Joyner Jr., the crew chief of the number 13 team, and for driver uh, Johnny Sauter, was fined $2,500. So those were penalties after uh, Gateway. Uh, that took uh, place. Wow. Yep. <laughs> so I somebody's not going to Disneyland. <clears throat> yep. So, somebody's not, not going to Disneyland. They 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 just spent their Disneyland money on a on a fine. <laughs> Sorry, kids. They Guess sure what? Did. We're not going to Disneyland. We're going to <laughs> we're going to uh, Chuck E. Cheese and have pizza and uh, and I'll buy you I'll buy you some coins so you can play the ski ball machine. And with tickets exactly. to get the little, uh, what are those little pencil things that you put in your pencils and stuff like that? Exactly. Let's go ahead and cover the driver points as they stand after uh, the after the race at Portland. Just so everybody uh, is up to date with where they stand points wise. See driver points. Um, wow. Looks like everybody's stand pat. Nobody moved up. No one moved down. I guess they're all happy. They're all home sitting going, yeah, I'm still in the same spot. Except for those that are in the 13th, 14th, 15th spot. In the bubble, yeah. But A.J. Allmendinger is still leading the points. Ty Gibbs sitting second. Noah Gregson in third. Josh Berry fourth. Justin Allgaier fifth. And Brandon Jones um, rounds out the top six. And then from, then from there, we go to seventh, which is Sam Meyer. Eighth is Austin Hill. Ninth is Daniel Hemrick. Tenth is Landon Castle. Eleventh uh, is Riley Herbst. And twelfth is Ryan Sieg. But let's remember that we had – oh, no, that's where they're sitting at. That's where they're at. So Ryan Sieg is hoping that that what we're seeing today – Let's just carry it over into into uh, into the playoffs. <laughs> but because 13th is, is Alfredo, 14th is Jeb Burton, 15th is Brett Moffitt, 16th Brandon Brown, 17th Sheldon Creed, 
And Mike Snyder rounds out the top 18. So yes, a lot of racing indeed. left. Nobody below wins. the top 12 with a win, so nobody's displaced. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. So everybody's right where they're at. That's why that's why Ryan Sieg is hoping that that nobody below him catches a win. Um, Sheldon Creed is, well, actually, Austin Hill is the highest rookie yep. in the A spot. And so far, I think a lot and of Sheldon Creed is more from Sheldon Creed uh, in oh, the yeah. Infinity Series. But I think the next year is when we're going to see Sheldon Creed shine. I think making that transition from the trucks into the Xfinity Series um, is taking a little bit of time for Sheldon. But I think next year we'll really see um, Sheldon Creed shine. Yes, I, I, I think so, too. And, um, and you know what? This last race, you can see the frustration in him. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've never seen Sheldon really get upset with another driver. But, you know, um, you know, at least he saluted him, you know, in a, in a proper way. You know, and but he let his um he let his emotions get the best of him. Um, frustrating season, but you know we'll mm-hmm. see a bounce back. Like you said, we'll see a bounce back next year. He'll I think he'll be, I think he'll be and okay. He'll, even, he'll be good to go. Maybe even during the second half of the uh, season this year, but I think next year is where we're really going to see him uh, shine. Yeah. And your cousin Jeb, well, I expected another win from him this year. He got the one last year. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see what happens. Um, also, keep in mind, Hendrick Motorsports is building three three cars in three Xfinity Series races. Uh, they'll race the number 17HendrickCars.com Chevrolet Camaro, July 2nd at Road America, uh, July, and that's with Kyle Larson. July 30th at Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course. They'll have Alex Bowman. And August 20th at Watkins Glen International, William Byron will be behind the wheel of that number 17. So uh, combined, those three drivers have 17 wins in the Xfinity Series. So look for Hendrick Motorsports to be in the Xfinity Series for three races this season. Oh, yeah. It's going to be – well, that's a – that was a smart move by Rick, you know, to, you know, to, you know, to not throw him into another oval, but to throw him into, you know, more into the, you know, into a road course, you know, you know, knowing that, you know, we already have, you know, we have what? We got the Roval, we have uh, um, Sonoma, and uh, gosh, what's the other road course we have with the Cup Series? So it'll it'll help those drivers for next, you know, get, you know, to Watkins Glen for next for next year. So, um, you know, it, it'll it'll be uh it'll be a good uh seat it'll be a good seat time and experience for you know for those drivers you know to get that you know that extra um, experience out there. Exactly right. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and move on now to the uh, series. Uh, This is where we're going to get back to Daniel Suarez uh, and his very first win in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, He joins uh, some other drivers. I know Marcus Ambrose has won. 
uh, you know, international drivers who have gotten the first win in the Cup Series. Uh, one Pablo Montoya is another, and I can't think who the fourth one is. Um, but I'll come across this here in a little bit. Daniel Suarez, who's age 30, uh, in the number 99, ONX Homes Renew Chevrolet for Trackhouse Racing and Crew Chief Travis Mapp. He won the 33rd annual Toyota Save Mart 350 for his first victory in 195 Cup Series starts. His first victory in fifth top 10 finish this season and his first victory in first top 10 finish in five races at Sonoma. A great race for Chris Busher. He finished second, posting his first top 10 finish in six races at Sonoma and his fourth top 10 finish this year. And what about Michael McDowell? finishing third, posting his first top 10 finish in 10 races at Sonoma Raceway. Austin Sendrick finished fifth. He was the highest finishing rookie. Daniel Suarez won his first career Cup Series victory at Sonoma, joining Juan Pablo Montoya as the second driver to win his first career Cup race at the 1.99 mile road course. Uh, Suarez becomes the first driver from Mexico, Monterey, uh, to win the NASCAR Cup Series. He becomes the fifth different driver all time, not from the United States, to win a Cup Series race. Here it is. Marcus Ambrose from Australia, Juan Pablo Montoya from Colombia, Earl Ross from Canada, and Mario Andretti from Italy. Of the 12 different race winners this season, four our first-time NASCAR Cup Series winners. Kim Penske's Austin Cindric winning the Daytona 500, Stuart House Racing's Chase Bristol at Phoenix, Trackhouse Racing's Ross Chastain at Coda, and Daniel Suarez winning at Sonoma. This is Trackhouse Racing's third victory in the NASCAR Cup Series uh, with uh, Ross Chastain winning not only at Coda, but at Talladega, and Daniel Suarez winning at Sonoma. Six different manufacturers have won the Cup Series race at Sonoma. We talked about that earlier uh, with uh, Iowa. And now we have it for Sonoma. Chevrolet has 13 victories, followed by Ford with eight, Toyota with five, Dodge with three, Pontiac with two, and Buick with one. That tells you a lot right there in that statement. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Sonoma... Uh, race Mexican Daniel Torres wins at Sonoma. The top four finishing drivers Sunday were all looking for their first win of the season. Front row motorsports driver Michael McDowell finished third, followed by Stuart House Racing's Kevin Harvick in fourth. This year's Daytona 500 winner, Sonoma Rookie of the Year candidate Austin Sindrick was fifth, followed by his Team Pinsky Racing teammate uh, Ryan Blaney. Suarez is Trackhouse Racing teammate Ross Chastain was seventh, followed by Hendrick Motorsports drivers Chase Elliott and William Byron. Um, he led 20, Daniel Suarez led 26 laps and pulled away to win by nearly four seconds. He is the fifth foreign, foreign driver to win in Cup Series. Um, let's see, the poll winner, Kyle Larson, also led 26 laps to start the race, but he got off sequence from other drivers and never made it back to the front. Late in stage two, he lost a wheel following a green flag pit stop. 
He ended up finishing 15th. Stage one was won by Kyle Larson, stage two by Joey Logano. There were six lead changes among six drivers, four cautions for 14 yellow flag laps, and the average speed of the race was 78.008 miles per hour. So uh, your thoughts about the top uh, 10 drivers here? Yeah, it was uh, like you in the Cup Series. Yeah, like like you had mentioned, you know, it was a. Uh, let me see. There, there I am. <clears throat> yeah, I mean Chris Boucher and Michael McDowell, both together oh, you know, no. the top, you know, right right behind, and then you know Daniel to get the win. Um, Kevin is no stranger to winning there at um, at uh, at uh, Sonoma either. Yeah, at Sonoma either. I know I know he's won in a K and M in a Can-Am car. Um, I'm not too sure if he's won in a cup car or not, but I know he's won in a Can-Am car there. That was the one where him and, um, anyways, that's, that's a whole other story. But, yeah, then um, Ross Chastain back up there, you know, you know, picking up the seventh. He, he's really showing that he's, that he, he that he can handle these, um, these, uh, mm-hmm. you know, these road courses. I expected more out of Chase Elliott. I kind of thought that maybe Chase Elliott would have been the one to, uh, you know, to. A lot uh, of people had him pegged for this race. Yeah, for this race. Um, him and uh, AJ Allmendinger. You know, they brought AJ Allmendinger. Yeah, you know, up to. Ended up finishing 19. Yeah, that was a that was a hard uh, hard finish for him. Um, and. <sighs> Who finished 31st? Uh, 31st Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. <laughs> <laughs> Run your mouth, dude. Keep running it. Karma, yeah. karma will keep getting it's, you every week. You it's just, amazing, isn't it? I know. You know, I don't believe in karma, but, I mean, this guy's making me believe in karma. The more he opens his mouth, the more I see karma. I mean, look, look where his other driver, look where his other driver finished. Bubba Wallace, dead last. And dead last. He had an engine issue, uh, and he yeah. ended up uh, leading the race on lap nine, uh, which I'm sure was yeah. disappointing for Bubba Wallace. Oh, yeah. The, but, margin, um, the margin of victory was 3.849 seconds. Uh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> he was a couple turns ahead of everybody. When, when they threw the checkered sorry. flag, he was out celebrating, and the race wasn't even over. The other drivers hadn't even come over the line yet. <laughs> Oh yeah. He he's doing a bird out in the race saying, Hey dude, the race ain't over yet. Oh, I thought that thought everyone already won by me. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a good win. You know and then, you know, like I said, you know, to see um uh Chris Boucher you don't want to lose by that much. But still it's a second it's a still a podium. Him and Michael McDowell, you know, and then um Austin Cedric, you know, is is you know, proving you know why he's you know he's gonna probably end up winning the, the uh, rookie of the year this year. You know, strong, strong fifth place finish. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he does in his sophomore season. Sometimes these guys have a slump in the sophomore season, uh, but I don't think Austin that's going to happen with Austin Cedric.
Okay. Uh, Sal, do you want to cover the points? Yeah, let me get to the points. Uh, let me see. Points, points, points. Uh, what happened? I just had the points. I, I keep looking at, at other stuff. But anyway, Chase Elliott still leading the points. Ross mm-hmm. Chastain in second. Kyle Busch in third. Ryan Blaney in fourth. Joey Logano in fifth. Martin Truex Jr., who we haven't heard nothing about this season so far, except that he's, I know. he's there. Uh, Kyle I'm Larson, that another he's one. Announce a retirement. Yeah. Especially with all the drivers that Joe Gibbs is bringing up. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Kyle Larson is seventh. We haven't heard much from him either this year. He'll lead. He'll lead some races. Then all of a sudden he falters off. Um, Will Byron is rounds out the top eight, and then from there we go down to Alex Bowman, tenth uh, Christopher Bell, eleventh Eric Almirola, twelfth Kevin Harvick, thirteenth Chase Briscoe, fourteenth Tyler Reddick, fifteenth Austin Dillon, and Eric Jones. Uh, Actually, Eric Jones, Tyler Reddick, and Austin Dillon are all bumped out now that Daniel Suarez got that win, since Austin Sidrick has a win and Kurt Busch has a win. So, yeah, and actually the uh, next one gets bumped out too because Denny Hamlin has two wins, and he's twenty first. Yeah. Well, that's right. I forgot Daniel. I forgot Danny's way down there. I didn't. I didn't even go that far down the list. I just went to the top twenty. I'm sorry, Danny. You're twenty first. Yeah, so that displaces displaces Eric Jones, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, and Chase Briscoe. That puts Kevin Harvick on the bubble. Yes. Wow. I know Kevin, he's thinking he's he's set at 12th, but he's, yeah, he's a a bubble man. Him and, uh, um, he sees right behind him, Tyler Reddick. Oh, yeah, Tyler Reddick is still ways down. He's below the line right now. Yeah, yeah, he's below the line. And then our um, Rookie of the Year candidate, Austin Cedric, is still leading Rookie of the Year over Harrison Burton and Todd Gillen, who we haven't heard nothing from this season. Yeah, he's And there's Brad Keselowski. Mm-hmm. And there's Brad Keselowski still holding up the 30th spot. You know what? And he just needs to be in the top 30th. He's another driver that could get a win and displace somebody yeah. who's, a, who's in the top 12, uh, which would right. be could, Kevin Harvick. Oh, he would be the heartbreaker. He would be the he'd be the what he called the the black sheep that. <laughs> and you know, I I like Brad. Brad's like my favorite driver, but a lot of a lot of them don't like him. You know, and and I would. I would love to see Brad get a win and just, you know, I, here you I go, NASCAR. Take to... take those hundred points away, and and I and I made him up. Yeah, yeah. You know what though? I think this is the first year that we've seen so many drivers below the cut line get a victory and uh, not be in the top sixteen drivers. So uh, that's going to be interesting. I think we're going to see some people disappointed this year. Uh, Ryan Blaney doesn't have a win yet, Martin Truex Jr., Christopher Bell, Eric Almirola, Kevin Harvick, uh, uh, 
Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, uh, Eric Jones. None, those guys, none of those guys have a victory yet. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Ryan Blaney might be safe, uh, but I don't think we're going to see very many drivers get in on points. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think the Pickens is getting slim. I, I um, think so. It's getting slimmer. I mean, you know, when when you look at who's picked up wins, you know. Well, uh, look at the drivers below the cut line that could get a win. Uh, people yeah. like Michael McDowell that's been pushing, you know, uh, pushing the, on that door. Uh, Justin Haley, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., uh, Brad Kozlowski. Those guys, those drivers could all get a win. Cole Custer's won in the Cup Series before, uh, but he's part of uh, those drivers that are struggling at Stuart Haas Racing. Um, yeah, Harrison, Harrison Burton's another one that can that can sneak a win in there. He could. You know, but I, I so, but I, I would say the strongest contender. I would say the strongest contender out of all of them would be would be uh, Brad Keselowski. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he, he can just put a good. And that would be a heartbreaker if he just places Harvick. But Harvick could get a win too. Oh yeah, Harvick's Harvick's due for a win. I mean, Harvick's in, in, in a skid that that's. I mean, wow. I mean, he's come close, and I don't know. I just, you know what? You're, you're you you kind of wonder. How many more Even years Kevin has left? Yeah, you mm-hmm. kind of wonder how many more years Kevin have. Kia really has left. You know, I he mean, he says he wants to keep racing. Yeah, but after a while, I mean, he probably wants to race until he wins, and then after he wins, then all of a sudden, we're going to get. He's going to do. He's going to pull a Carl, a Carl Edwards. Yeah, he's going to get a win, good. and then guess what? I, I'm retiring. I'm going to retire on a on a high note, on a win, because this might be the last one I get for a long time. Oh. But now nah, he'll he'll stick around. He's a he's a competitor. He's not one of these guys that's that's going to bow out uh, like that. Kevin is a competitor. Yeah. And he's gonna he's gonna ride it till the till till the wheels fall off. And Stewart's going to keep him as long as <laughs> as long as Kevin wants as to long race. As he can. Yeah, Stewart's going to keep him in that yeah. seat. He's, there's no way that Tony's going to. So is Tony's this the weekend you're taking vacation, Sal, or are you going to be at a racetrack? No, I'll be at a racetrack. I'll be at um, I'll be at Kern. Oh, okay. For the for the very cool for the Southwest Tour race. Yeah, I'll be there for the Southwest Tour race. Sounds good. Maybe we can get the race winner. On for our 9.30 segment, that would be great. I know it's been hard this year trying to get uh, live guests in some cases. Uh, On Thursday nights, it has to do with uh, travel time. Uh, A lot of people are traveling to a a track somewhere. And on uh, Monday nights, a lot of it is iRacing, but a lot of it is iRacing on Thursday nights, too. So it's just tough to get drivers right now uh, live on the show. But uh, I like the pre-race audio that we're able to, or post-race audio, 
that we're able to play for fans uh, from some of the top drivers. So uh, I think that's good too. Yeah, it's um, it, it it's hard getting drivers on Monday too, even over here because you know they race on Saturday night. You know, then a lot mm-hmm. of them, you know, they 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 drive home Sunday, even though they're close to the track. But then Mondays is when they unload to look at the, you know, damage control, you know, or or just, you know, start to, mm-hmm. you know, they get together at the at the race shop, you know, to um to uh, debrief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of recap and debrief, you know. So it's kind of hard. Um, I got to talk to Derek and see about getting him back out. I don't, I know he just did a show the other day, and um, I'll see him this weekend. I'm going to really push him. See if maybe we get him before Slinger or after Slinger. Yeah, I'd love race. to get him before or after Slinger. I think that would be awesome yeah. uh, to have uh, him. And talk about how he went there to live and everything. Uh, it would be oh, really yeah, we great could, to, we could, to hear from Derek Doris. Yeah, to ask, talk to him about his, uh, his job driving a cement truck. <laughs> okay, what's well, out? It's been great having you on the show, and uh, we had a lot of racing to cover this weekend. Uh, There is going to be a bit of a break uh, coming up here where there isn't that much racing, so we may do an abbreviated show next week uh, as a result of that, with it being Father's Day weekend and a lot of of these guys being on break. I'll be in touch with you, though. Okay. And then the 4th, we're not doing that the 4th of July, right? Uh, I gotta look at the calendar here. Fourth of July. Is that what date is that fall on? Uh Fourth of July. Fourth of July, July is on 4th. a Monday. Yeah, we'll probably do a Tuesday show that week. Okay, I'm I'm gonna be out that week because I'm we're I'm going on vacation for that weekend, and I'm I'm not sure if we're gonna well, be back on if we're gonna come back on let Tuesday me ask or you not. Something, Sal. Can you uh, fill in for Jay on the twenty third? It's a Thursday night. Uh, let me see. I should be able to. Okay. Yeah, if you can yeah, fill in for I Jay on Thursday, to. I can get Jay to fill in for you on the 5th. Okay. I'm yeah. hoping I can anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah should be, that should be a problem. Okay. So uh, I'll put you down for co-host on uh, June 23rd. Okay, just just keep just keep reminding me. I will because with, <laughs> yeah, with my work schedule, you know, with my work schedule now, it's it's just just like just like today. You know what I think? I think I was actually I when when you called, I was going to tell you get somebody else because I was I was I was out. I know you were tired. Yeah, I, I drove five it. hours to the. I drove five hours last night to get to a hotel, and I slept four hours to go to a job and then I had to drive four hours home. So by the time I got oh, home yeah. and you called, I was only home for an hour. Oh, I'm sorry, Sal. It's just that oh, it's I heard right. it's from okay. you and I didn't know what was I going don't. on. You know what? I, I, seen the, <clears throat> I seen the message and I, I didn't respond to it. I, I was like, you know what? I'll respond later. And then I started getting text messages from work for other things and, and then we had our our race on Saturday at Irondale and and we got we had a 
legend driver come all the way from Australia mm, nice. to race to race here. Or, yeah, to race here. So he's been bugging me for pictures and stuff, and everyone's bothering me for pictures right now. So I'm trying to catch up. But anyways, um, I don't want to run into you guys' uh, into your guys' hot topics. Hot topics. Well, Jay is here. Yeah. Jay, did you hear that Sal's going to fill in for you on the 23rd? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, my vacation's starting a little bit earlier than the 4th of July, so uh, I'll be back for the 4th of July weekend here and uh, cover that Monday or Tuesday, whatever, whichever it is. Then. The 5th. Yeah, the 5th. Okay, so we got that all taken care of. Yeah, I'm, I'm, heading, I'm going to prison for that weekend. You said prison? We're going to Alcatraz. Yeah, we're going to Alcatraz. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I thought, I thought, I thought too. I heard prison. I was like, well, at least she's kind of yeah. ahead. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I hope you have fun. I'm going to go hang out with the, with the ghouls and goblins at, at over there. So. All right. Anyway, well, you guys have fun. We'll Everybody see have you a back next safe Monday. weekend. Okay. All right, good night, everybody. Thank you, Sam. Okay, goodbye. Good night. All right. Okay, good night. Good night. Okay, Jay, it is time for NASA Hot Topic Sound Off, and uh, I believe it's just going to be you and I here tonight. So uh, why don't you kick us off with the first hot topic? And, by the way, thank you so much for being here. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I was uh, listening listening to Sal. I was like, I know that feeling of being home for like an hour and you got something else to do after after a busy weekend. I know, I know that feeling uh, for sure. Um, well, I woke him up when I called him because I hadn't heard from him all day. And I started getting worried that maybe something happened and he wasn't going to be able to do the show. So I called him and I ended up waking him up, which I feel bad about. Well, like you said, it was a good thing. I know he said he had some other things with work going on, and yeah, I understand the hectic schedule. I know he stays real busy. Um, just I, I thought it was ironic. Then yeah, he said uh, I was with you. I thought I heard him say he was going to prison. I was like, okay, he's planning his vacation to to go to prison. I'm like, I don't I don't know about that, but now Al- Alcatraz I've heard is a good tour. Yeah, well now you know about Sal's sense of humor. Yep. All right. <laughs> for for a hot topic, um, I know this one will actually be maybe a little quicker than what we thought initially. You had put up the question of uh, where is Clint Boyer for the last Fox broadcast? Um, not there because of a personal matter, but no details. And I know Mike repeated. He said, uh, all that I've seen as well, a lot of speculation, but nothing substantiated or worth repeating. Yes. Um, I'm trying to find that on the list here. Uh, I'm having a hard time seeing it. Okay, yeah. I I tuned in on Sunday. I didn't get a chance to watch the race on Saturday, uh, but I did watch the replay of it. And it didn't occur to me that Clint Boyer wasn't there for the Xfinity Series race for some reason. But when I tuned in for the Cup Series race, uh, I was like, where's Clint Boyer? And then I started going through social media to see if I could figure out what happened. 
and I didn't see anything on social media except a, a tweet that just said he was out for personal matter. And even on the Fox broadcast, it wasn't it was not until the very end of the Cup Series race that they said he was out for a personal matter. And there was nothing more to it. I mean, they didn't say anything more. So there's a lot of speculation going on. I'm trying to resist uh, buying into that because uh, I'd like to think he's going to be back for next season. Uh, but without any details, nobody knows. So. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that, that uh, you said all, all it is is speculation. And you're right. I think I only heard it actually mentioned by the broadcast team there the, the one time if, uh, throughout the race. So, and I know Mike follows different things on, on Reddit. Um, I'm not even going to go into that because uh, depending on the personal issues are, that he was handling, I uh, don't necessarily want to even try and speculate on that. But I will say this, the way things are put together, it does seem kind of odd. Um, you know, like I said, you, you said it was only mentioned once during the cup race. There was only the one official statement on Twitter of he wasn't there. And that lends itself towards something else uh, behind that door, if you will. Um, so we'll have to wait yeah. and see. This was, this was the Fox's last broadcast of the year. And I know there was a lot of talk. There always has been of, of who's going to be next year if this was a trial period to replace, um, get a full-time replacement as a third position. I'd hate to see it be a replacement for Clint Boyer. I, I just, I don't know. I don't see it, but we never know. Well, then then they brought in uh, Larry McReynolds, which I thought was great. Um, and uh, at the home base of Charlotte, uh there was a Regan Smith that stepped into that spot for uh, uh, for uh, Larry McReynolds. So I thought, well, that's not too bad. But then Jamie, that put a lot more work on Jamie uh, Little. <laughs> I'm sure she was running crazy. Well, and that's one of those, as, as an organization, they got plenty of options. And if you follow along with the chatter, and I think I think Mike is one that that has mentioned it, uh, having Larry McReynolds back and uh, as a, a full announcer, not just the um, technical input uh, side of it, I think does a great job. Um, so I would like to see him be him see him be a bigger part. Again, not necessarily at the cost of Clint Boyer, and we don't know that. Um, I'm not saying that Clint right. Boyer is out. Uh, so we'll have to see, but I know Larry McReynolds definitely received a lot of fan feedback, uh, with the couple spots where he was back as a co-anchor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be great if he would become back, even if Trump Boyer is not going anywhere. I think that would make a great turn, uh, in her booth. So, uh, I would look forward to that. Uh, but we'll have to stay tuned. Uh, and see if there's any news that comes out. It's just that it was the very last race of the season uh, for the Fox podcast. Uh, So there's no chance for, like, next week, the Fox podcast, except for the truck series. Maybe they'll mention it in the truck series uh, somewhere down the road here uh, because they still will stay out of Fox Sports long. But, yeah, it just leaves a lot of people scratching their heads. So I hope they come out and let us know one way or the other. 
that we know what happened. Not that we want to get into his personal business, but let us know whether or not he's coming back for next season. Yeah, I agree, and you, and you, you used a good word there, just the, the suspicions of the, the way it all unfolded. And like I said, I'm normally not a black helicopter uh, chaser like that, but that one certainly did lend itself to that of that opening of kind of questioning it for sure. Okay. Uh, let's go on to the next hot topic. What are you going to choose? Well, I just put this one up earlier, and I know Mike had several responses on this one. Uh, with Daniel Suarez winning, he moves up the list as far as winners to lock themselves in. So with 10 mm-hmm. races remaining, we got four playoff spots available uh, and a lot of winless drivers that we expect to win, I mean, truthfully. So the question is just yeah. kind of how we think it plays out. Sal and I were just talking about that. Uh, I don't recall ever seeing this many drivers below the cut line. Daniel Suarez, 17th. Uh, Austin Sindrick in 18th spot. Uh, then you've got Kurt Busch in 19th. Uh, that all have wins. Denny Hamlin, 21st. Uh, that's four drivers that are below the cut line uh, that have wins. That displaces Eric Jones, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, and Chase Briscoe. They are actually below the cut line with those four drivers moving up for the playoffs. Have you have we ever seen that many drivers below the cut line? No, not not in this situation. And I got to correct you there because uh, Briscoe has a win. Kevin Harvick is actually the one that's out. Eleventh oh, place, right. Eric Almirola. You are right. Yeah, I, I heard him. I heard him talking about this. It's Kevin Harvick that's out by eleven points. Uh, Eric Almarola in. So we got a couple there that and on uh, race hub they were talking about it. Harvick came in down two points, got himself stage points and a top five finish, and actually lost five points by Daniel Suarez getting the win coming from outside the top sixteen. And wow. I know Mike initially said that. Let's see. Let me read what what Mike actually wrote here, um, so I can get it his words right. Uh, he starts with looking at the standings. I'd say there's really only one point spot still up for grabs. Anyone P18 or below should consider themselves in must win. Uh, if anyone currently outside the top 16 gets that win, it'll become even more dire, as there's a full race gap between Bell and Reddick. Now, Almirola and Harvick can race hard as they want for that P-17, but it'll become irrelevant. Unless there's a major collapse by Blaney, Truex, or Bell, it's unlikely that anyone will pass them, given them how the teams are running. Now, that would be if it's about points. Now, mm-hmm. he also has, it looks like Blaney will break through, Truex and Bell are close, and everyone's penciling Reddick in for the win um, since he's been so close, but he's kind of cooled since Brist- Bristol. And then he puts Stenhouse and Jones have bet- both been threatening lately. So, you know, that's where I'm looking at. We really could see that top 16 full of race winners. Uh, you know, Kevin Harvick, you mentioned getting a uh, top five finish. Um, 
yeah, he's been coming on stronger as of lately. I would have to agree. We almost saw Chris Busher get a win. He's down in 22nd mm-hmm. behind Denny Hamlin. That's where Stenhouse Don't is. Cole Custer. <laughs> that's right. Brad Keselowski right now back inside. Let's see, top 30. He's 277 points, so he is eligible. And we got Cole Custer. I know he's not having the best of year. Again, Stuart Haas Racing as a whole hasn't been as strong as it in the past. He's a former uh, Cup Series winner and is in 27th. So we really could see any of those. And that's barring what I would call a surprise. Um, you know, we saw Austin Sindrick win the uh, Daytona 500. Rookie Harrison Burton is down there. Todd mm-hmm. Gillen as well. Uh, some of these races that we've added this year, the road courses, uh, Road America coming up here, uh, I believe that's the 4th of July weekend. Uh, we were talking about swapping dates there. You know, we could see a surprise winner like that again, and that's really going to put this pressure on. I would not be banking on points to get in. I'll say that. <laughs> I, I would uh, definitely agree with you. The next driver that uh, could be displaced if there's another winner um, below them is uh, uh, Eric Alarola. He's in 11th place, and he could be displaced. Isn't that amazing? It, it is. Not himself. You, you mentioned that we're, we've been talking about whether or not we get 16 winners, and it's not just that. It's as you mentioned, how many of them are actually outside of the top seven or top 16 um, that are pushing their mm-hmm. way up in? Because that's where we've watched as we cover every week on the Thursday preview show the playoff bubble, that cut line of you know a couple. Uh, I'm trying to think back. Uh, I know a couple of years ago, I think it was maybe three. We were down to three that got in on points. I really think we may only get, like Mike said, one or two that, that get in on points because I, I, we ran through right there five, six different drivers that I feel still could get wins this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think that uh, uh, there, there are any number of drivers that could get a win. Uh, especially on these road courses, we've got some good road course races. Daniel Suarez has certainly proven himself. He said he was good at uh, Coda until he ran into an issue. Uh, we've got Ross Chastain won at Coda. Daniel Suarez winning at <laughs> uh We've got Watkins Glen coming up. Uh, uh, let me look here. What other road course? Road America is coming up. Uh, let me look at the schedule here. Uh, for road courses that are coming up, I can't remember. I know we're racing some race at Mid Ohio. I don't know if it's the. Uh... That's a, that's not on the. Uh, I don't think that's on the Cup side this year, is it? Indianapolis Motor an... Speedway is going to be a road course. That one will be a road course. Yep. So uh, those are the road course races that are still coming up. Uh, road America, Watkins Glen, and Indianapolis Motor Speedway's road course uh, are still on the schedule uh, for this Cup Series. And actually, during the uh, playoffs, Charlotte Motor Speedway's road course is October 9th. Uh, so there's uh, actually four more of those races on the schedule. 
And, and I'm not but just looking that, at road courses. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, of course, by the time we get to Charlotte, the playoffs uh, drivers will be already be determined. So it's just the three chances for somebody to get a win at one of those road courses uh, to put themselves into the playoffs. And, and we're we're just talking about road courses because that's what happened to be what Daniel Suarez won on, and we saw Chris Busher and Michael McDowell both there in the top five as well, battling for that win. So that's why we're kind of focused on road courses. But you got to remember, we end the regular season at Daytona at the Super Speedway. Justin that's Haley's right. mind uh, has to come to mind, you know. So there's one that pops in. Cole Custer, we just just mentioned him. Brad Keselowski. We got. Uh, another one that's good on the super speedways. So that is still wide open. And that's why they set that up for that regular season ending. And I think that one could be a super wild weekend. If we get down to that of, you know, that many winners and and a win, not even getting you in, Uh, you know, we we haven't had to talk about that as much yet. Exactly. Keep in mind too, uh, this year we've seen four first time winners. I don't know when was the last time we've seen so many first-time winners. Uh, Austin Sendrick won at the Daytona 500, his first victory in the Cup Series, Chase Briscoe at Phoenix, uh, Ross Chastain at Coda, and Daniel Suarez at Sonoma. Uh, Four very first-time winners in the Cup Series. Uh, There could be more first-time winners, like we mentioned, there's Chris Buescher and any number of other drivers uh, that could get their first win in these upcoming races. Yeah, that's certainly been an interesting uh, statistic as well. And I don't uh, I don't know if Larry Mack, I know he talked about uh, the two drivers getting their first career wins on a road course um, going back yeah. to 1983. But uh, total number of first-time winners in the Cup Series in a given year, uh, I think that this has to be approaching a high number on that list. I mean, obviously, your inaugural year uh, always comes with a bunch. So um, I'll have to do some research into that because that is an interesting stat, Sharon. Yes, it is. Uh, So that tells us that uh, the potential for more first-time winners is certainly there uh, this season with this new car. And it's one of the things we talked about uh, throughout the season we thought that some of the younger drivers would adapt to this car more quickly than the older drivers, and that's certainly proven out when you look at drivers like Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., uh, Eric Almarola, all drivers that don't have a win yet this season. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just interesting to see how that's playing out. It is. I know that that we thought we've talked about that. If that's the case, and I know specifically Martin Truex has been talked a lot about as his comes to retirement um, possibilities with that of how the new car is, and, and that he has struggled a little bit of what he's looking for out of this car. Uh, I don't know that Kevin Harvick. Um, I know by his post race interview, he just said they have something. I think catastrophic. He may have had an adjective in front of it mm-hmm. uh, happening every week. <laughs> Um, that puts them behind, um, you know, and we all know Kevin Harvick can be very uh, vocal when it comes to that. So, um, you know, like I said, I know Stuart Haas racing is at least righted the ship and going in the right direction. Uh, I don't know if they have enough time to catch up and, and make it happen. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. 
And then you got to wonder, uh, some of these drivers that are below the cut line that have uh, qualified to get in, how are they going to do during the playoffs? A lot of these drivers, it's going to be their first appearance in the playoffs. Uh, so there's a, a, there's a little bit added pressure when you get to the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see how some of these uh, first-time playoff drivers are going to do as well. You know, I hadn't. I know as we get closer, I'm sure that excitement for the playoffs will uh, will definitely build. Uh, right now, the excitement just about who even gets in, let alone of we haven't really. Yeah. You know, occasionally we mention who we think the top four are, but you're right. This year, being that we we aren't even sure of who's all going to get in at this point, um, certainly going to change that discussion when we get to have it. Yes, indeed. But uh, the closer we get, <laughs> the more talk there will be. Uh, 16 races in, that means there's only 10 races left. This is kind of a countdown uh, to the playoffs with these next 10 races. Yeah, that definitely uh, going to be getting closer. Like I said, I, I, we've seen it already in the, in the past, I think, two years, um, that Daytona with that as the regular season finale, um, the, the kind of pressure that can put on that race. I think this year is going to be even tenfold over that with what we've got so far. I totally agree with you, Jay. Okay, let's. Uh, is there another topic we can uh, move on to? Yeah, well, I was putting one up right now, but uh, let me go back up to the other one. Um, I know we hit on this of unofficially the other night of expected but it has been confirmed that it will hold the NASCAR has confirmed that it will hold the bush light clash at the LA, LA Coliseum again next year on February 5th um, to start the 2020 season. Yes. February 5th. That seems early in the month uh, for that bush light clash, but uh, I'm sure that they've looked at the schedule for football and the Super Bowl, because sometimes that's when the Super Bowl is being held. Uh, so I'm assuming it's on a non-Super Bowl weekend. That would be my concern about February 5th. Uh, do you know when the Super Bowl is scheduled for 2023, Jay? Okay. Uh, you know, I hadn't looked at that as far as how that date lines up. I, I know with the NFL opting to add an additional week to their season and push the Super Bowl back, uh, I think the Super Bowl itself, the more concern there is lining up actually with the Daytona 500 because we've always had two-week gap or so between the Super Bowl and the Daytona 500. Uh, I think that's so where that schedule comes in. The Super Bowl will be a bit earlier. It's going to be a bit earlier in 2023. So that tells me that it's probably going to be Super Bowl we played a date earlier in 20, taking place on February 12th. Okay, and I know we've had the Daytona 400. Uh, that would be about the time for the Daytona 500. I have to look at the schedule on if they have that, when the 500 is. Well, the Daytona 500 is usually after the clash. Oh, yeah. I right, and saying. I just... So they might skip a week in there. That's what, and I know the 500's been on February 14th, because that was the year I went. It was on uh, Valentine's weekend. Uh, when I went. So that's about the window, like I said, of where the Daytona 500 is. Yeah. I don't think we have the 2023 schedule yet, do we? 
I'm trying to pull that up. I know Larry McReynolds gave his 280-some days countdown already. Here we go. February 19th, uh, 2023. So it will be one week apart. They they used to be two weeks. And that's what I say. I knew that when the NFL added their additional week to the regular season, that would push it. So we got one week between with the Super Bowls on the 12th. The Daytona 500 will be on the 19th. Okay, so uh, there'll be a week in between the clash and the, and the Daytona 500. Yep. Okay, and that would be for the Super Bowl. So that's interesting. Uh, just a heads up for everybody who uh, is uh, thinking ahead to all of that uh, for next season. Uh, but, yeah, as far as the Bushlight Clash being back at the Coliseum, uh, I know we've talked a little bit about this on previous shows, uh, but I think it's a good idea to have at least uh, a second, maybe a third, Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum. Uh, I know we've talked about some things uh, from the entertainment perspective uh, that maybe could be done a little bit differently uh, for them to maybe have some improvements on. I think as far as who they had, it was fantastic. It was the execution uh, of uh, introducing them and, and kind of uh, going through all of that, that uh, maybe there's some room for improvement. But uh, I think uh, they had great entertainment. I think big bang for their buck at that Bushlight Clash last year. And uh, I really think that uh, they're headed in the right direction with that. I look for them to not only be there in 2023, but I really think they should go back again in 2024 as well, uh, before they even think about uh, rescheduling to another location. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Oops, it's time for me to make yeah. an announcement real quick. Okay, go ahead. Yep. <clears throat> okay. For those people that are tuning in for the first time, uh, we make an announcement at this time of the show because we're going to go off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. Jay and I may continue to talk for a little bit after that, uh, and that will be part of our bonus overtime material for our podcast. What I do is I come out on Twitter, and my uh, Twitter handle is Racing Site, and let you know that the podcast is available so that uh, you can then go to the podcast player that is available at FanforRacing.com or at Blog Talk Radio uh, underscore FanforRacing or forward slash uh, FanforRacing underscore radio. You can uh, go to the player there and just fast forward to the two-hour mark to hear the rest of this conversation. Uh, we just worry about those people tuning in for the first time, maybe not knowing that and uh, being uh, in a state of confusion, maybe, of not knowing how do I hear the rest of that conversation. So we make an announcement at uh, every uh, showtime, uh, especially for those first-time listeners. So with that, Jay, your thoughts on the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum. Are you still with me, Jay? Oh, he's here. I I just have to bring him into the queue. Yeah, I got into a panic there as you started your announcement. I got booted off, and I knew I had that 30-second window to get back on before I uh, I couldn't. I think we made it just in the nick of time. 
Yeah, I, I heard you finishing your uh, your statement, so I was like, well, at least I know it may take a minute for you to realize I had to be uh, unmuted again, but that was a close one. Um, <laughs> it was a close one. It was really in the nick of time. Yeah, talking about the Coliseum, as I said when we talked about this, I, I don't see how they couldn't at least give it a second year. You know, my thing is three to five years. Now, on uh, the pre-race show for Sonoma, I know they had a sit-down, and that's actually what I was looking for, was more from the audio, and hopefully maybe by Thursday or next week we can find that interview with Ben Kennedy, of talking about the changes. I mean, they're still looking, and I know the OEM question came up. He won't confirm Dodge. That got hinted at. Um, But some other venues that they're looking at to include moving the All-Star Race, possibly the uh, the clash again, but he said as of right now, that was when they made it official, that it will be at the Coliseum. So I they're do not have that audio. In. Oh, do you really? Okay. Uh, if you want to play that for a little bit or if you want to hold that till Thursday, because like I said, there are several hot topics in that, I think. Yeah, let me uh, bring that up here. Okay. Uh Senior <laughs> Vice me. President, push like Clash, Ben Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, the length is only five minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, so let's go ahead and play that, Jay. Okay, yeah, please. Okay, Senior Vice President of Strategy and Innovation, Ben Kennedy on the Bush like Clash returning to the Los Angeles Coliseum in 2023. First one is success for this year. You know, a ton of uh, fans that came out for the event. Uh, a lot of young fans, a lot of you guys saw the uh, student section with USC. You know, the past. So a uh, a great race overall, a great event, I should say. Um, I think the racing product certainly been a disappointment. Um, I mean, the heat races, this last chance race, the main event, um, really just a, a fun day overall. And, uh, you know, really uh, an easy decision for us to go back in 2023. So I had to speak on Wednesday, or Thursday this past week, uh, about this. He said the announcement will come soon, so I guess uh, soon is today. Soon is today, yeah. So um, Patrick and the entire team have been working on this um, since we had the Coliseum event earlier this year. And they've done a, a great job in making sure we're ready today and, and able to announce it today. And, um, if anyone goes to NASCARclash.com, they can either submit some information for when we go on sale, or if people bought tickets uh, to that in 2022, they can actually renew them. So, really excited about that. That's a good question, Bob. Um, you know, I, I think if you look at the event overall, a lot of successes that we had, you know, whether it was Pitbull or Ice Cube or the format, you know, I think as we think about 2023, we want to continue to level the bar up, um, whether that's from an event experience standpoint, whether that's from, you know, talk about um, kind of Christmas tree lane and as people are walking into the different fan zone areas. I think there's definitely some opportunities for enhancements. Um, you know, frankly speaking, we didn't expect the, the amount of merchandise um, or concession sales that were there. So I think there's some opportunities for us to, uh, to just kind of streamline that a little bit. Yeah, I'd say overall, um, a lot of things worked uh, better than we had expected going into this year's race. The future. And uh, and not only just for the Clash, but for other races. Uh, you, you 
mentioned this on the broadcast a while ago about international. How would that look? What would we do for something like that? And how would we go? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, it's probably about 2023, but, you know, whether it's an event like this or another um, event, whether it's, whether it's our Cup Series or, you know, another one of our series, I think it's an opportunity for us to open the door to new markets um, and really bring our racing to fans where you don't have traffic. Um, and whether that be in the U.S., whether that be abroad, um, I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. Frankly speaking, um, it's difficult to find a footprint that's big enough to build a quarter-mile racetrack. Um, so we have to be very kind of selective and measured about where we go. But it does open the, the door to a lot of opportunities. What's your short list favorite? Uh, I don't know if I have a short list favorite. There's a bunch of a bunch of cool historic stadiums. You think internationally where they hosted Olympics or um, you know, major soccer games. I mean, there's a ton of iconic stadiums that are out there, and you know, I think there could be some uh, pretty cool events you could have. Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, something we we certainly looked at for sure, for sure. I think one of our questions that we have to do going into 2023 is, you know, what does Sunday look like, but what does the weekend look like too? You know, there are opportunities for us to introduce more content, whether that's races or ride-arounds or whatever it might be. So, you know, I think we have some thought starters to it, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll put a little more framework around it before we come out with something. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, that's a good question. Indianapolis is a good example of it. Um, we have, um, you know, any car there with, with Cup and Xfinity. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like in the future. Um, a lot of it depends on our schedule and their schedule. And you know, thankfully, there's there's great collaboration between the two as we uh, as we build that out. But something we'll continue to think about. Uh, on the new call, um, your what are, what are your thoughts on how it's been funded this year? And also, uh, you're a racer, so did you ever get behind the wheel of this car and actually kind of test it up and see the nuances? So answer your second question first. I haven't. No, um, I think I had an opportunity. Um, we were actually testing for the class, but I didn't have my stuff, so I didn't get to do it then. But um, I would say the racing this year, um, and this is, this is putting my fan hat on for a moment, um, I think it's some of the best racing, frankly, I've ever seen. Um, you know, the, if you look at every metric, you know, the fan metrics for sure are off the charts, but you look at the competition metrics, whether it's, you know, green flag passes throughout the field, um, you know, the, the time differential between first and second, um, every metric that we have is, is certainly up over the past few years, and some of the metrics um, are the highest that we've seen since we've um, started electronic scoring in '93. So, uh, certainly proud of what the next-gen cars brought. Um, if you look at the cars on the grid today, they look amazing. Um, 18-inch wheels, the body styling, the OEMs did, um, and you know, I think it's really accomplishing what we had hoped it would. Okay, that's Okay, there you have it, uh, Ben Kennedy, talking about the Bushlight Clash. Some of those questions were a little difficult to hear. I apologize for that. Uh, but I, I, the answers were very clear. Your thoughts, Jay? Yeah, thank you so much, Sharon. That was actually uh, even more extended than what I had heard already, um, but it hit a couple of highlights. And just sticking with the topic of the Bush Clash, you mentioned uh, that's where the international even came up, uh, international discussion. He talked about soccer league uh, stadiums 
that might be available. And the way he answered that, of he wouldn't give a specific list, I feel like they've got some ideas um, or possibilities, but they don't want to commit to. And if we see this clash or the all-star race only go one year by one year, that might be a, a reason why of as they can get these doors opened or details nailed down um, to not be locked down where they can't move it for three to five years. We, we know tracks get a five-year deal. So, you know, I said I think they ought to do it for three to five years, give it a chance to develop. The Clash and the All-Star Race, non-points race, are two they have the flexibility, if you will, to be able to go year by year and make these kind of deals. So mm-hmm. I understand where they're coming from with that, of it, it only being one year at a time and not committing to anything beyond that. Because, like I said, the way it sounds, they definitely have some uh, possibilities or tentative plans um, that they're looking into, which I like and, and I think would be great. I will say this. I know um, the exhibition race, at that time it wasn't even a, a non-points race for the, for the Cup Series. It was strictly just called an exhibition race that they did in Japan for three years. The cost on the teams of creating cars over there um, for that week uh, was extremely difficult. So I know that's got to be a factor in their mind. Uh, I know Canada and Mexico are two that came up. So we'll have to see, but I like the fact that they're looking into it and oh, that door being open for the possibility. Yeah, it is an interesting uh, thing to think about. Uh, if they're going to do something internationally, that would be the time to do it. Uh, rather than during the regular season. Uh, so, and, and he brought up some really interesting uh, ideas. One thing I like about Ben Kennedy is he is an out-of-the-box thinker, and that's just another example. I know we've raced internationally before, uh, but uh, I think this is going to be something a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. And, uh, uh Boy, now I can't wait to see what does happen in 2024, if they stay at the Coliseum or they go elsewhere. Uh, but uh, he brought up a, a lot of the same points that we did, the areas uh, for that have opportunity for enhancements. Uh, I think uh, so that was good to hear as well, because if we noticed it, uh, of course they noticed it as well, and they're looking at what they can do to make that better. Uh, so that was good to hear. You're right. That would have been my follow-up here following his, his, his comments in that interview. Um, they are listening to fans, and I'm not going to say Mike uh, says they don't listen. Uh, I think it's a matter of what they take from the fans and how they present it, but the, the, the core topics are being heard, looked at, and addressed. And, and you're right. He very That's specifically right. said the total package – he said they're not just looking at race day, they're looking at the weekend. He used the ride-along uh, program. We talked about that on Thursday night's preview show out at Sonoma for that. Mm-hmm. Of the entire weekend, the entire entertainment value and in, uh, racing experience for the weekend for fans. So uh, you're right. Uh, right now, I, I think Ben Kennedy is a great one to have in that position. I was kind of hoping maybe he, he would have said he had been in the car. I heard him say he hadn't been in the new car, but um, seeing what it's doing on the track, they've got to be pleased with that. They've got to be pleased with the results, and I think you did indicate that, that a lot of the staff 
our uh, positive uh, uh, results from the next-gen car. Uh, and we've been talking about it, actually, when you think about, you know, the four first-time winners this season, uh, you know, the first time we've seen drivers below the cut line uh, that have wins uh, that are actually eligible for the playoffs. Uh, we've not seen that before, uh, but we are seeing it this year. And uh, it just makes it a lot more interesting to watch. It might be confusing for the first time uh, uh, or a casual uh, NASCAR fan, I'm not sure. But uh, uh, I think it's good that we talk about it from week to week just to kind of keep everybody kind of on pace for how that is shaping up as we go to this 10-race countdown uh, to the final race of the regular season. Well, and ironically, and I didn't put it up as a hot topic, one of the ones I saw, uh, statistics, talking about statistics, the caution flags was actually up and high this year. Mike had mentioned it a a week or so back, and that is one that I, I see the good in it, though. You know, in the past, we've had fans that didn't like it when it was long green flag runs. I know stage racing has kind of changed that as well. But then we had what the fans wanted to call the phantom debris caution, which they felt NASCAR was using to bunch up the field. And going back to that, not that I want to see a car um, have mechanical problems, but you've got to admit when a top team especially in this past weekend, I know we had Kyle Larson, uh, one that's going to lose a wheel. We'll probably talk about that. Or lost a wheel, going to lose his uh, crew chief and a couple of team members. Um, see how that comes up on Thursday's Hot Topics. But we don't see the mechanical failures that we saw a little earlier in, the, in racing, mm-hmm. um, going back through the modern era, which does, like I said, lend itself to, though, some more intriguing. Different possible winners, different top five, top ten uh, drivers competing for those wins. So it does add an element uh, to it. You know, in years past, I know Dave Moody talks about it, how indestructible the engines are, you know, the cars are. Having some of that come back, in this case, I think we've talked about it, the the next-gen car is actually that close on the edge. Even some of your other drivers, we've seen it this year, you can't run it as ragged on the edge as you used to because they can't catch it and bring it back and thus have your cautions for whatever reason they may be. I think is a good thing. Like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to see demo derby wrecking and that. But it changes the element and your the, your top drivers uh, that are competing for the win because of it. Yes, it does. And uh, you know the fact there's a cost savings too. I know there. I think they counted ten incidents. Uh, maybe it was Kyle Larson's now. I think it's up to eleven incidents where wheels have been lost. Over 14 races, uh, I know there's still some concern over that. Uh, but, again, I think we've established that a lot of those issues are uh, the learning curve of dealing with this little lug nut uh, and knowing that they've got that lug nut in place. Um, I guess there's some, some holes that have to be lined up just right in order for that lug nut to go on tightly. And that's what some of these teams are struggling with. Uh, so we'll see how that continues to play out. And uh, NASCAR reviews all of this kind of thing that's going on. Uh, and I think that um, 
if they see that they need to do something differently there, they will. But uh, for the most part, I think this next-gen car has been a, a huge, huge boon for the NASCAR Cup Series. It has, and it's one of those of, yeah, because it has happened, uh, especially to some top teams. You're going to put some focus on it. Uh, but I'm not sure it's what we would call an, a major issue. Again, we don't want to mm-hmm. see any of the crew chiefs or team members uh, be missing. But it also, like you said, if they look at it, and is, is there a way they can improve upon it um, of how the design is, of how it met, lines up, like you said, uh, and I'm not a I'm not a pit crew guy, so I've heard some chatter about that of of what the issues are. That as that gets brought forth, uh, again we've seen it in the past. NASCAR will work on developing something to improve it. Mm-hmm. That is so true. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. I'm glad we were able to play that Ben Kennedy piece uh, here on the Hot Topic bonus material. I have to make sure I mention that when uh, I post uh, on Twitter a little bit later. Yeah, like I said, that was an extended version to to what I had heard uh, during the pre-race show. Um, This one didn't include the uh, OEM question, but we'll get to that again as there still seems to be a lot of smoke around that. And hopefully uh, Tommy and I will be excited to hear the final outcome on it. Yes, indeed. I know you guys are looking forward uh, to something being said. I've got a feeling over these next couple of weeks we are going to hear quite a few things, uh, uh, quite a few announcements. So I would say, tuned, even though they are not racing uh, this weekend. Um, In fact, let me look at the schedule. I think there's only a few races uh, coming up this weekend, Jay for our preview show, uh, and I want to bring that up here. The races for this coming weekend uh, include only the truck series at Knoxville. There's a whale modified race at Monadoc in Brock. I have a hard time pronouncing that. Uh, And then the ARCA race in Berlin. Those are the only races we don't normally do wheel and modified, uh, but it's the ARCA race at Berlin and the truck series race at uh, Knoxville. So I'm seeing a one-hour show uh, and maybe a one-hour okay. for hot topics uh, for this coming week. What do you think? Uh, that actually will work real good for me because uh, sometime after the show there Thursday night is when I plan on leaving to head up to Minnesota. So that would actually uh, help me out. Um, I haven't seen who uh, who was available for Thursday's hot topics. Yeah, I don't know yet, uh, but uh, keep an eye on that thread, uh, our fan policing radio thread uh, over on Teams, and, and we'll get that determined. But, uh, yeah, this was uh, kind of a, a cool show tonight. Uh, we had Daniel Suarez pre-race comp, uh, post-race uh, audio uh, after winning, and then uh, the Ben Kennedy audio here during our Hot Topics discussion. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I think fans will have a lot to look forward to, as well as uh, our reviews of the races. And there was a lot of racing that took place this past weekend. Yeah, this is uh, what they call that last break uh, for, for uh, I think, for the Xfinity and Cups for sure. I think this is their last off weekend. Um, 
maybe one more for the Xfinity that going into the playoffs, uh, you know, the down the final stretch, uh, final races of the regular season, and then into the playoffs. So it's going to be full bore from here on out. Exactly right. Uh, just an FYI, uh, we'll probably do the same thing on Monday, do a one-hour and one-hour segment uh, for Hot Topics because of uh, we won't have that many races to, pre- to review. Uh, there will only be the two races, and I think we can get the updates and everything in there in the, in the one-hour time frame. Okay, I say I will be on vacation uh, for uh, up there. Uh, I don't know what kind of cell service I'm going to have. Uh, if I can still call in for hot topics for that window, I'll try and keep an eye out uh, and let you know for sure uh, come Monday. You're talking about on the 23rd? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just keep me posted. <laughs> and we'll take it from there. Um did you have any other hot topics you wanted to make sure we covered here tonight? Uh, the other one I did add there uh, throughout the show was Andy Lally. I saw Andy Lally had gotten a four-race deal, yeah. a road course deal in the Xfinity Series for uh, SS Greenlight Racing. Uh, I saw that as I was scrolling Twitter. Uh, I think that's a great deal for him. Yeah, I think that's also good or SS Greenlight Racing, uh, the knowledge that he can pass along to the other drivers, uh, which includes, by the way, uh, Joe Graff Jr., I think is going to be really good for that organization as well and for Joe Graff Jr. Um, So I am excited about Andy Lally uh, being available for those four road coast races. We talked about them earlier, uh, with three of them being before the – playoffs begin and there's one road course uh in the playoffs so uh those are the four road course races oh this is xfinity series okay never mind i gotta go back and look at that i was thinking cup series you you hit on hit on something very specific there though of not just for 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 andy lally as a driver and the opportunity to win because we know andy lally has the road course experience but for that team, and we've seen a couple other teams, Alpha Prime, bring some cup drivers in, get a victory. The building that that does for that team, the feedback it brings, the exposure it brings, so many things um, that benefits that team as a whole, as you mentioned, going to help out Joe Graff Jr. as, as part of that team. He's been, uh, I don't know how many years now he's been with that team. For them to continue to build like that, it's what we saw happen with Trackhouse Racing as they got going. Mm-hmm. these Xfinity teams be able to do that um, and become top competitive Xfinity teams. I like that. Yes, and actually it's the same road courses. Road America, uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedways road course, Watkins Glen, and then during their playoffs, they have the Charlotte Motor Speedway road course. So it's the exact same four tracks as the Cup Series, as a uh, special note there. So, yeah, I think it's great. There's not a whole lot more to say about that, uh, is that Andy Lally just has a lot to offer uh, to help the development of that SS Greenlight Racing organization. And it will help uh, drivers like Joe Graff Jr. and uh, other drivers. 
Yeah, most certainly. Okay. Like I said, we've seen it with some other teams and an opportunity on both sides there for Andy Lally as well as SS Greenlight. And let's keep in mind, there's an, there's an affiliation there with uh, Stuart Haas Racing as well. So even those drivers uh, will benefit from that uh, experience of uh, Andy Lally. That is true as well. The, the levels of, of where it could reach are unknown. So that I hadn't thought about that one. Okay. Uh, well, we're coming up to the top of the hour, so let's go ahead and uh, do our uh, round table or across the table here <laughs> and uh, do our sign All right. You can follow me on Facebook, Michael Hoosman, MoparMJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. And I know I talked about it on the uh, preview show on Thursday. The Southern All-Star Series was here, along with Flow Racing, did a great job of covering that. Yeah. I got to be on uh, Flow Racing a little bit. And believe oh, it or not, cool. my dog Bogey, yeah, my dog Bogey got some attention on there as well. If you, uh, <laughs> if you watch that race, uh, the dog being referred to in the booth and man versus beast with the announcer from the Southern All-Stars, they had a good time together. <laughs> Well, good deal. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, I'm glad Bogey got some attention there, too. Okay, so I am Fanfare Racing site on Twitter, Fanfare Racing Blog and Radio, everywhere else, including FanfareRacing.com, where you can find our uh, radio player, uh, Fanfare Racing Radio Player, uh, to listen to the podcast. Uh, and... Uh, we have a lot going on uh, uh, during this break. I, like I said, I'm expecting some announcements uh, probably as the break comes to a close. Uh, two races coming up this weekend with Knoxville. That's a big one. And then Berlin Raceway uh, for the Arkham Art Series. So a uh, big race there in the Arkham Art Series. Uh, but we'll be here on Vampire Racing Radio this Thursday uh, and then we'll have a special one-hour Hot Topics segment uh, for both Thursday and Monday night. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, and a uh, big shout-out to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate all that you do uh, to take time out to hear what we have to say. And uh, also to our Fan for Racing crew, tonight that is Sal Sagala and Jay Huseman. Uh, thank you for all that you do. And uh, we'll look forward to having a Fanfaration Fantasy update on Thursday night, so, or Jay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there was a little little changes there. Uh, Sharon, I know uh, we moved up a little bit. We're not out of the basement yet, but we're at least climbing our way up. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., man, he had me on needles <laughs> during that well, race. And I know he had kind of an up and down day. You know, believe it or not, uh, looking at that, again, with the just talking about the, the shakeup, we've had it where out of seven, eight, nine players we've had, where we've had all our picks in the top ten, I think our best pick this weekend was fifth or sixth. Uh, nobody had anybody in the top five. Wow, that's amazing. And that so tells I you how competitive have, and how, yeah. I might have yeah. up a little higher than I thought. Uh, let me. See. I don't. I don't have it pulled up right now. Um, yeah, it was just uh, when I was when I was putting the points in of how far down I was having to go just to find the first place finisher. <laughs> wow. Well, we'll get the update on Thursday. I'm, get, I'm telling you now so we can be prepared for it. 
And, um, uh, again, we appreciate all that you do to help out with that, Jay. You're kind of the spearhead all right. of all of that. All right, and I'll get up. It uh, looks like, what would you say, we got the truck series, the only one we got to get in this week for picks. And that one, that one's going to be a wild one. The Knoxville Dirt Race, uh, I know we got some special drivers in that one. Is always mm-hmm. a tempting pick. I know I've taken uh, Kyle Strickler before uh, at Eldora. Some so Knoxville, that one's going to be. announced yet. Uh, yeah, uh, well, they did. They're again, check out Bob Pockris. I, I know he had the, uh, I think he had the full list, entry list up as it, as it was. I didn't see if any of them were still to be announced, though. Oh, okay. Well, Jay, Sal and I counted uh, about four or five uh, that had yet to be announced. I did see uh, uh, Corfoy down there. He won this last week, so I think he's going to be one to watch. Like I said, there's always a mixture of uh, some guys in it. When it comes to Thursday's preview show, I'll have a little more information on you. Several of the dirt track ones that are coming in for those. I can give you a little bit of an update on them. Uh, I haven't seen yet if Mike Marler is one of them. Uh, there might be one right here from Alabama. I'll have to take a look at the list. Well, I want to wait and see the complete list before I make my pick because i got a feeling some of these TBAs are going to be drivers I might want to pick. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I understand that. I understand that. So... Okay, well, with that, I think we'll call it a night, Jay, and we'll look forward to talking to you on Thursday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Dan Curry Radio. All right, talk to you then, and see you then. Okay, good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.